Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Katengel. Good afternoon to everyone in Louisiana. We're going to do things a little bit different today. This is going to be a simulcast of the sports hangover. Gus is on vacation celebrating Independence Day. This is Casey Gisclair, who you could hear every Monday through Friday on our sister station from 1130 to 1, hosting play-by-play. I've started play-by-play at 1130. I'm going to finish out my show until 1, and then we're going to rock and roll uh, with, you know, all of the things that you want to hear in your sports talk world. In this segment of the show, we're going to have Kyle Lassang with ED White football. Then in the next segment, we're going to talk some NBA. At 1230, we're going to have Brody Williams with South Lafouche basketball. Then at 1245, I'm going to get you some betting picks. Then at one, once the play by play piece of this wraps up, we'll get more into some of your New Orleans stuff. We're going to talk some NBA free agency. Zion Williamson has re-signed with the New Orleans Pelicans. What does that mean for the team? We'll talk, you know, Kevin Durant, who's wanting out. That's going to be big, big news around the world of sports. At a 115, I have Leo Haggerty on. We'll talk with him about some things going on over in Tampa Bay. Then at 1.30, we're going to do something kind of unique. From 1.30 to 2, I'm going to be joined on the phone lines by my old radio partner, my first ever radio partner, Richard Fisher, is going to be joining us from 1.30 to 2. We're going to get the armchair quarterbacks back together from back in the day, and we'll talk some NBA. Then at 2.15, we've got Marlon Favorite, and in between, we'll talk the New Orleans Saints, the NBA. We'll talk about the 4th of July, Nathan's hot dog eating competition, all that and more. But this segment... We're going to have Kyle Lasang of E.D. White Football, who will be on to uh, to talk about his team. They made it to the state championship game last year, and they're going to be looking to continue that momentum. The Cardinals had such a prolific defense last year. Dominant. Dominant. They went like five or six games in a row to start the year without allowing a point, man. They were a group that was just absolutely suffocating, and we certainly are looking forward to hearing what Coach Lasang has to say. But for our New Orleans audience, let's thank our play-by-play sponsors. The Blue Boot Rodeo, the 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo, will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Isle Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. Also, Southland Dodge and Homa. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Rouse's Markets. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish hot from the pot, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Seven days a week at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. Buzz off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results and Golden Motors where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafourche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. We go to the phone lines. Coach Kyle Lasang with ED White Football is here with us. Coach Lasang, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. How about y'all? Doing fine, man. It is the first day of July, which means, you know, it is getting pretty close. We're about, what, six weeks or so from talking about scrimmages and then about seven, eight weeks or so from talking about jamborees. And before you know it, it's going to be here. How are things going over at E.D. White right now? They're going really well. Uh, really good participation in our summer conditioning program. I'm probably averaging about 110 uh, kids per day. Uh, in football and then probably another 50 and some other sports and then girls athletics as well. But, uh, football's been rolling along. We uh, got a lot of kids, uh, doing some other things, some, some summer camps and traveling around, getting some exposure, uh, for themselves in our program. 
but uh, attendance has been tremendous. Kids have worked really hard. Really, really, um, really uh, probably advanced from where we were last year in terms of installation. Our offense is probably all installed by now um, after today. So um, just a matter of getting ready for the season and, uh, and then officially cranking it up that last week of July since we didn't have spring ball. We get to start a little earlier. You know, I was mentioning this on yesterday's show, and I truly believe this to be the case. And, you know, we were talking about your team, and we were saying how prolific you all were defensively last year. And I, I made the point, is like, hey, I think that their offense is going to take a lot of steps forward. Not that you all were bad last year offensively. You did what you had to do, but you bring a lot back. And I think that you guys are going to be an offense that's going to be able to better control the game and, and maybe even put up a few more points, which is maybe scary for some of your opponents. No, I, you know, we, we knew what we were last year. You know, we offensively, we were going to control the clock if we could, uh, keep their offenses off the field. I, I think this year we, we have a chance to be a little more explosive offensively. Um, got some experience, obviously, coming back at the fullback and quarterback positions and got some good backups at those positions as well. Um, probably as deep as we have been, uh, on an offensive line, uh, from an offensive line standpoint, uh, probably got 10 kids that, you know, we would have no problems putting on the field. Just going to be finding the right combination. I think the difference is that receiver uh, and that tight end. I, we've got some kids that I think can catch the football, can block for us, can do a lot of different things. Uh, got some size at the receiver uh, position. And then Jake, obviously, and Barry at quarterback have a, another year under their belts have thrown the ball better uh, this year. So as part of why I say I think we're advanced offensively, um, hopefully, you know, we can we can transition from, you know, the 14, 15 play drives uh, into getting some cheap scores on some people. Uh, it always helps. Um, but the bottom line is we're going to use our offense to control the game. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. And, no. You know, Coach Rod came on a couple Saturdays ago and he was boasting about how many E.D. White players were at his lineman camp. And, you know, how much does that help, those kids getting that summer work and going to the camps? Because, look, you guys could put them through seven-on-seven. Seven. You guys could put them in the weight room. But there's always additional resources. And the fact that the kids are wanting to go and, and you know, get help outside of the facility has got to be a great feeling. And, and I'm sure it also pays dividends at the end of the summer. We love our kids uh, doing that, um, not only for their personal reasons of being able to get some exposure, um, and I think that's part of the reason that our kids go, but I mean, why wouldn't you go to the, to the best lining camp in the country when it's you know 100 yards from the campus? You know, I, I think that's a no-brainer. And uh, to a man, our kids come back and, see, and say how much they, they've gotten from the camp. Look, it's, it's a lot of work now. And I think some of our young kids go and, and don't really know what it's about. But it's a tremendous amount of work. And I, I just think there's something about being able to get through that lineman camp that gives kids confidence, um, makes them more prepared for the season. And, look, we out of those 20 kids, we had we had kids all the way from freshmen uh, through seniors who, who were there. So I, I thought, and I was there pretty much every day, I was – able to see what was going on and I thought our kids really really worked hard and got a lot of compliments from our from the coaches who worked at camp about our kids and how hard they did work how courteous they were um, 
that's a good thing, man, because I, I, I've seen some books at that camp that some of the coaches were not pleased with. And uh, I, I'm really, really excited that our kids went. And uh, it's going to give us a leg up. Coach, I, you know, I, I said this. Heck, I've been saying this throughout the summer. This feels like the most turbulent time in the history of the LHSAA in terms of we don't know what's going to happen with this select, non-select stuff. There are people that are threatening to go to court because they don't like where they're classified, and they're telling us that in January it's going to be you know madness and chaos. And I know as a coach you can't pay much attention to that because you can't control any of it. But at the end of the day, you got to be taking a peek and wondering, man, what the heck is going on? Because things are certainly very interesting right now in terms of the political side of the association. It really is, Casey. I, you know, I, I let that bother me for about an hour when all this nonsense was going <laughs> on, and I was like, man, if I try to figure this out, I'm going to go off absolutely crazy. Um, I, I think the scary part is. You know, you play your season, and then you don't even know who's in your bracket. You don't even know who's in your playoff uh, bracket. You don't even know who you might match up with. You don't even know how many teams are going to be in your bracket. Is it going to be 16 teams? Is it going to be 32? What is it going to be? You don't have answers, and for that to happen at this point, I think is unfair to a lot of people. But, listen, we've been on the select side for since this whole thing went down, and um, I think we feel – we feel some some sympathy for those people who are going That's through what it means to be on the select side, but you know, I, I um, it is what it is, and I, and I think I think there's some logic to switching some people over to the select side because a lot there's a lot of similarities between some of those schools and us. Um, so I understand it completely. I, I just don't understand maybe the timing of it and the uncertainty. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Coach. Um, and look, man, you know, one of the things that a lot of coaches are telling me, and I'm going to ask you if, if this is kind of what you're hearing too, a lot of folks think that, you know, it's almost like they're trying to convolute things as a way to just kind of annoy everyone into going back together. I've heard that <laughs> so many times over the last couple of weeks. Do you think that that's a possibility in January? I I had that thought. I really had that thought. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I know what happens now. If you've got pretty much equal numbers of select and non-select schools, obviously there's a better chance of coming back together. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't solve the issues that had this thing split to begin with. Um, and I, I think I think that's really the issue. And Casey, we could we could talk for hours on this, but um, some people are doing the right things and some people are not. Yeah. And that, that has nothing to do with being select or non-select. Um, it continues. It goes on. It happens. It's happening now. It's happened in the summer. And until it gets addressed, everybody's going to be bitter about this. Um, I don't know if it's gotten addressed. Um, you know, a lot of people have said a lot of things to me about my comments after the state championship game. My comments didn't have anything to do with anybody else. It had to do with the and the way we do things. And I'm proud of the way we do things, but I'm not naive enough to believe that we're the only people that are trying to do it the right way. Um, and I think that's the thing that has people aggravated. Um, and until it gets until it gets uh, corrected, I don't know if there's a true answer. I'd love to think that coaches would just be able to take their kids, try to get them better, and compete at the level that they can compete at. 
and, and be happy with that. And in fact, I will say that the most enjoyable times that I've had at Eagle Light have not been necessarily winning championships because we haven't won many. But we we compete against people that we have no business competing with because I think we just we prepare, we have a mentality that we, we're going to go compete against the best no matter what our situation is, and we're not going to take shortcuts to do it. So I, I, I think I would love to get back. I would love to get back. I would love it to be five state championships. And uh, I've never, I've never hesitated to, to express my feelings on that. Um, I think this is, I think you're right. I think this is a, a method of pushing that agenda. Um, and I think some people are mad about it. Some people maybe think it's inevitable. Um, and some people are going to fight it and take it to court. So, you know, we got a lot of different opinions. Mine is that um, we should be together and we should enforce the rules that we, we already have in place. Very interesting. Let's flash uh, flash forward a couple of weeks to whenever you all start in your practices. What are some things you're hoping to see in those first couple of practices to let you know, all right, man, we're ready for another successful ride? Well, we I think we took the summer, and we'll, we'll continue to take the summer to see uh, what kids are, are ready. I mean, what kids should be given a shot to, to step on the field on Friday nights, whether be on a special team or, you know, in the defensive secondary or whatever, so. I think we're we're on the in the process of doing that. I, I, I've been very very happy with the young kids and the way they've responded. And I, I think we probably have some young kids that'll get that'll help us on Friday night. So um, that that was that was refreshing to see. Our, our older kids have just been really really intense about this whole summer, and so I, I don't think that's going to change. But we we're going to change the way we do some things. So I, I think it's going to be interesting in the way that our kids adapt to the way we practice. Um, intensity, getting cranked up a little bit, getting more plays run, more reps, um, less talking on the field, uh, more learning in the clash on the learning film. And, uh, and so we, we are going to change some things the way to do it. But uh, I expect our kids to uh, attack the uh, start of practice and just pray that we don't have any injuries and uh, our kids are healthy going into the, into the one. Beautiful. Very well said. Coach, man, we thank you so much for the time. And we'll chat again soon. Okay, buddy? All right, Casey. Take it easy, man. Yep. Bye-bye. That is Coach Kyle saying with EDY doing a wonderful job, as always. They've got a great team. I loved his thoughts about the LHSA and all the drama. And Look, I could do a whole show until 3 o'clock talking about all of that stuff, but we don't have the time nor resources to get that done today. So let's catch a break right now. When we get back, oh, we've got some stuff to talk about here on play-by-play slash the sports hangover. We're going to talk some NBA free agency and then the big New Orleans news with Zion Williamson re-signing with the Pelicans on a massive contract. We'll talk about some of that stuff in the next segment of the show here on ESPN 100.3. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, they're back, man. The flies that just won't let you have peace in your kitchen. 
Oh, you must be talking about the little bitty ones. Yes, indeed. Yeah, those are likely fruit flies or drain mm. flies. Fruit flies normally get brought in from produce at yeah. grocery store. You remember we did this a couple of years ago, and so many people were talking about, man, when y'all were talking about that, we've been having that problem, and you solved it. Yeah, exactly, because it's the solution is not where you think. Mm. It's in the drain. We have a product. You just treat the drains for five nights straight before you go to bed so there's no water in there. The little enzymes go in there, and they eat up all the egg and the larvae and all the debris that's in the drain. And then guess what? No more drain flies. So where can I get this in the New Orleans area? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. This is Monster Jam! The official Monster Truck Series. Witness the world's best drivers competing in your favorite Monster Jam trucks. Be part of the action. Let's hear it. Make the noise. Coming to Caesar Superdome July 9th. Brought to you by BKT Tires and your local Southern Quality Ford dealer. It's full throttle fun for the whole family. You have to see it live. So lock in your seats today. Visit MonsterJam.com for tickets and event details. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 3-2 stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, and Reserve. Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. The liner is a lie. It is not Gus Kattengill. It is Casey Gisclair here. It's the Sports Hangover. Gus is on vacation. Early 4th of July break. We're also kind of quasi-co-hosting my show, Play by Play, which you could hear on KLEB, 1600 AM and 102.7 every Monday through Friday from 1, or from 1130 to 1. Um, this segment of the show, we're going to talk some NBA because... Man, my God, was yesterday a wild day in the world of the NBA. I wrapped up my show yesterday at 1. Went home, did a little work. Then at about 3, 4 o'clock-ish, just sat. I'm, I'm doing it around. You guys can't see me, but just sat on my phone. I was just scrolling through Twitter and just seeing the madness that went down. It was one of the wildest sports days in recent memory. First off... You have the news earlier in the day, and this is not what this segment's about, but we could talk about this later in the show, which is you got UCLA and USC announcing they're going to the Big Ten, which is, that's drunk to begin with. It's like, where does that come from? And then NBA free agency hits, and then you get the bombshell of Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn. He doesn't want to play for the Brooklyn Nets anymore. And then that causes rampant speculation of, oh my God, where is Durant going to end up? Reportedly on his list are the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. I don't know that either of those teams have the resources to get Kevin Durant in a trade. Remember, he's got four or five years left on his deal, so Brooklyn seems committed to trade him to the best possible offer that they get. You're hearing the 76ers are going to offer Tyrese Maxey and, and Tobias Harris. Would the Nets accept that? You're hearing, you know, the Utah Jazz may offer this player, that player. The Orlando Magic may offer, you know, Paolo Banchero and some of their young pieces. And 
the Nets are going to have a list of suitors to choose from, and it's going to be a, a matter of can they find the right fit for Kevin Durant so that he could try to win championships for the rest of his career. Now, that brings us to New Orleans. And you could give us a call if you want to talk about this, seven nine eight one zero zero three. There has been a lot of speculation on social media. There has been a lot of speculation amongst Pelicans fans. I'm in a lot of different group chats with a lot of my buddies. What would you give up if you were the general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans? If you were David Griffin, if you were Trajan Langdon, what would you give up to bring Kevin Durant into this organization? You've got no a limitless supply of first-round draft picks that you could offer the Nets. That's not going to be an issue. Would you offer them Brandon Ingram? Would you offer Brandon Ingram and draft picks? Brandon Ingram's a 24-year-old wing, 22 points per game, five rebounds, five assists, actually almost six rebounds and six assists. Would you put him up in a deal for Kevin Durant? C.J. McCollum, would he be on the table? How about Zion Williamson? I know this is maybe an unpopular opinion because he just signed his extension. Zion's 21 years old. But he's often been injured. He's not been in the lineup a whole lot. If the Nets called and say, hey, yo, give me Zion, I'll give you KD, and let's call it a day, would you entertain that offer? Because here's the thing, man. When Kevin Durant is right, and I get that he's fought some injuries and different things of the sort, when Kevin Durant is right, he's not just one of the best players in the world. He's one of the best players to ever play. The last, let's see, let's count him. He's at, he's had greater than 50% shooting now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons in a row. Last year, he averaged 29.9 points on 52% shooting, 38% from three, 91% from the free throw line. He averaged seven rebounds and six assists per game. That dude is historically good. Now there are concerns. He's now 33. He's going to be 34 years old by the time you get to the meat of next season. Do you want to salvage the next 10 years for the next four years? Do you want to do that? It's a risky business. You know, it's, it's an opportunity to maybe make your next four years brighter. But if you're New Orleans, you got all these draft picks and you got all these young players, you're in a good shape for the next decade. So it's risky business, business. So my question to, you all listening is what if you are David Griffin, if you are Trajan Langdon, what would you offer to get the Nets to say yes for Kevin Durant? What would you be willing to sacrifice? Or would you be willing to sacrifice at all? Because there are a lot of people who I'm also seeing on Twitter and, and you know, Facebook and Instagram or whatever, and they're saying, hey, I, I don't want him at all. I don't want him at all. You know, he was in Oklahoma City, left there, was in Golden State, left there, couldn't make it work in Brooklyn. I don't want him in New Orleans at all. I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people. I've watched this guy long enough in his career to know that when he is whole and he is ready to go and he is healthy, he is one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball. And I think that if you're in New Orleans and that potential or that possibility opens up, who you should be willing to have the conversation because, man, he running alongside those guys in this city. This is a guy, y'all, again, you go back two postseasons ago in Game 7 against the Milwaukee Bucks with Kyrie Irving out of the lineup and with James Harden playing on a blown-out hamstring, scored 48 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists on 17 of 36 shooting. And in Game 5, two games before that, 
was 16 of 23 shooting, 13 of 16 from the free throw line, had 49 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists, and played maybe the best NBA game that I have ever seen a player play. He went the full 48 minutes. That was just two years ago. Not even two years ago. That was just like 13 months ago. So if you're the Pelicans, you certainly got to be willing to have those conversations. But aside from New Orleans, man, the NBA, there's just madness all around. You, you, every second that you open up the phone, there's a new, you know, guy that's signing and new money that's being thrown around. Just today, Zach Levine has announced that he has signed a five year, $215 million extension with the Chicago Bulls. So that's no big surprise there. Levine was widely expected to resign with Chicago. Mitchell Robinson, a Louisiana kid, actually from the city, four-year, $60 million deal with the Knicks. Nurkic, center for the Portland Trailblazers, signed a four-year, $70 million deal with Portland. He's staying there. John Wall, he was widely speculated to go to the Clippers. He is going to the Clippers. Two-year, $13.2 million deal. Jokic with the Nuggets. (laughs) How about this? The largest contract in NBA history goes to Nikola Jokic, who yesterday signed a five-year, $270 million super max extension. I'm looking over at Buddy Miller, my producer. Man, we're in the wrong job. We're in the wrong profession. We got to become basketball players, Buddy Miller. Five years, $270 million extension for Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Now, John Morant, same situation with the Grizzlies. He also signs that super max extension with Memphis, so he's going to be heading off into his future with the team that drafted him. But there were some big moves yesterday on the edges. There were some smaller, less reaching moves that maybe didn't attract the headlines because of all the money that was thrown around that I think are going to have impacts on the standings. I really liked Bruce Brown going to the Denver Nuggets yesterday on a two-year deal worth $13 million. Bruce Brown was pretty damn good with the Nets. At times in the playoffs last year against Boston, he was like their only dude that was seemed interested in winning. He had some big games in that series. He scored 23 points in game two, 26 points in game three. He had a really good postseason. He could score inside and out. He really improved his shooting ability. Bruce Brown's going to help the Nuggets a whole lot. And the team that I think is laying in the weeds in all this, and I think is going to end up deciding so much about how this offseason goes, are the Philadelphia 76ers. They've got Daryl Morey, who's the riverboat gambler, He's always willing to gamble on certain things. He's always willing to take chances. He's always willing to think outside of the box and do some of the things that maybe people weren't expecting him to do. Yesterday, Daryl Morey signed P.J. Tucker to a three-year, $33 million deal. That gives the 76ers some desperately needed toughness. They also signed Daniel House, who's a small forward wing, Formerly of the Houston Rockets, also played for the Utah Jazz. That's going to help them out. More versatility, get a 3 and D guy. And then you got to figure out what to do with James Harden's contract. Reportedly, he's willing to, well, he's opted out, but reportedly he's willing to re-up at a lesser rate to help give the team some flexibility. The 76ers are in a situation where they could do one of two things, and I don't know how it's going to go, but it's going to certainly help shape what the free agency looks like. They could either just kind of refine, retool, get better at the margins, get guys like P.J. Tucker, get guys like, you know, Daniel House, maybe sign a veteran here, go get, you know, a guy there. They could do those things and just kind of run it back. 
Or they could say, you know what, let's try to build a big three. And they could put Tobias Harris on the table in a trade. Maybe even dangle Tyrese Maxey in a trade. They're hesitant to do that because of how much Maxey's progressed. They're the team that they kind of, in my opinion, they and Utah are the two teams that kind of shape how this is all going to play out. Utah has a couple of aces in the hole, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I don't think either of them is going to be back. Those guys are going to get traded. Where do they end up? And then Philadelphia is also in that same situation. All of these things are going to have ripple effects that are going to affect the rest of the NBA, may affect where Kevin Durant goes, may affect where Kyrie Irving goes, and I think it's all going to end up shaping how the league looks whenever we head to the months of you know August and we're getting closer to the beginning of the season. It is play-by-play slash the sports hangover here. Let's catch our next break. When we get back, we're going to talk with Brody Williams of South Lafouche High School. He is the boys' basketball coach there. We'll ask him about his offseason and some of the things they're trying to get accomplished over in Tarpon Land. We'll be right back after this. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. Ontario, Douay, Ontario. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio Douay Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire, and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio Douay Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafouche in Golden Meadow. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more game time, more first times, more crunch time, more face time, and more party time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. We've got about 30 minutes left here on the play-by-play portion of this simulcast. We're splitting time between play-by-play and the sports hangover. And in this next play-by-play segment, we're going to spend some time with Brody Williams, the South Foosh High School boys basketball coach who's joining us now. Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good afternoon, Casey. Doing well. How about y'all? We're doing good, bud. It is a uh, a fun time of the year. You're just wrapping up summer basketball been doing a little bit of football work as as well. 
Now you get to July, which is going to still be busy, but it's going to be a little bit more quiet. I'm sure it's going to be uh, some much-needed R&R for you and the fam, man, because I know you guys have been busting it hard in June. Absolutely. Actually, uh, on the way to Gulfport, Mississippi, for a little getaway vacation for the 4th of July. And uh going to enjoy probably, you know, at least a week or two of it. We're still going to have football workouts and such, but like you said, we're going to be off. Instead of going straight from football to basketball, it's going to be uh, – and we had a kitty camp the past two weeks. So uh, now it's going to be, you know, we're going to be done by around 9.30, 10 o'clock. We'll be able to relax the rest of the day. So absolutely, I'm going to enjoy that, that, that relaxation. Very good. Tell us about your summer basketball-wise. I saw you play a couple of times. Sometimes it looked good, sometimes it didn't. <laughs> you know, that, but that's summer. That's what you do it for. Uh, give us a rundown of how you think you guys competed. Yeah, I think uh, the first tournament we went to in, in Edy White, you know, I think we did we did all right. We we had did some good things, did some bad things. I was a little bit disappointed with our performance uh, the last time we went to Central Lafourche. We kind of looked out of sync. We we if I'm gonna be honest, we looked like we didn't really want to be there. We were kind of, uh, and you know, I put that on myself. I didn't get the team ready to play. I didn't get them, uh, you know, fired up. Kind of just. The monotony, you know, can tell they were tired, some of the guys. and uh, So I'll put that on myself. But I was a little bit disappointed the second time we went to Central. The first time, you know, we went to Central, I, I thought we played well. And we got some younger guys in there in the beginning, and I thought they played well. Um, something to build on for sure. The summer was, you know, kind of odd. It, it was, you know, kids had a lot of things going on. Some kids had to miss practice for for different reasons. In the beginning of the summer, we were still in school, so we had to practice at 6.30 at night, and, you know, kids had baseball games and such. So um, it really was going to really define or help us. We, we're really going to have to grow the beginning of the preseason. When, when, when season starts October, we're going to have to take advantage of every time, every bit of time we have to get better in the, in the preseason. So take me back to that last time that you all were at Central Lafouche. You played two games, and I, I remember vividly, you know, I was sitting on the baseline, and after the first game, you pulled the guys over and were like, hey, let's talk. And you kind of let them know how you felt, and you were not pleased with the way that they were competing, weren't pleased with the effort. And I thought that in the second little 20-minute half that was played, uh, the guys competed and, 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 you know, fought a little bit harder. Uh, did that make you happy to see, like, hey, man, you know, we might not have been ready to go, but, you know, they at least responded to you kind of laying into them a little bit? Yeah, I, I think uh, once they realized that I was, I was, you know, serious and I wasn't pleased, I think they kind of like, all right, well, let's, you know, let's play like we know we can play. I still wasn't 100% pleased. I, I still saw a lot of mistakes, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of going half speed in some instances. I mean, but it did get better. But uh, we we, we gotta we gotta know, you know, who we are as a team, and we gotta know our identity, and we we have to we have to play to our strengths, and um, we can't fall to the trap of playing to other teams' strengths. And we we gotta be the hardest working team on the floor, diving after loose balls, you know, little things like that that I thought we weren't doing very well, you know. And like I said, that's my fault. I, I, I told them that, you know, it's my fault. I haven't pushed y'all enough. To, you know, dive on the loose ball on the floor, or box out hard enough, and and, and trust me, that's going to be corrected in the uh, in the next practice is coming up. So, uh, but yeah, I think I was a little bit 
but still not totally satisfied. Yeah, the yeah, very, very good. Um, one observation, man, like, you know, we could talk about Daniels and all the great things that he does. I think that as far as you guys are going to go this season is going to be based on how well your guards could compete. Because at times this summer, you know, there were games where Kirill and Kylie were making shots and were slashing and were doing great things. There were other times where they showed a little bit of the inexperience and they were being trapped and were having some turnovers. And how do you get them to be more steady and more consistent before the season starts? Yeah, I think uh, just building their confidence and, um, you know, getting those game reps helped us this summer. You know, we wish we could have got more, but we got what we got. And, and the preseason, just I think what we've been working on, you know, if we play good defense, we don't have to score 60, 70 points a game. You know, really want to be a defensive-minded team. And, and then on offense, we want to be patient. And if they start trapping, we got to get people that's off the ball, you know, to move to the ball and to, uh, you know, to move without the ball and flash. Because if, if they, if we just stand in there, we, we, we're going to get trapped. You know, we're not very big. We're going to, we're going to turn the ball over. And to limit turnovers, we got to have, we got to play team basketball. And, uh, you know, it's good to have a player like Daniels that can score at will. But we got to get, you know, everybody else around them to play team basketball, team oriented basketball so that, uh, we can all get good looks. And all, you know, or what happens if a team double teams BJ? You know, we all got to be able to perform and, and, and do well in offense and defensively. Dude, you, you're doing a good job. And this summer has been, you know, a, a sign to me at least that, you know, that the school made the right decision hiring you. But is it kind of weird still? Because look, it's still weird for me whenever I'm announcing you on the radio, like my instincts to be like, all right, here's Brody Williams, assistant boys. Ba-. No, he's the head boys basketball coach. Like, is, are there moments where, like, you kind of, you know, maybe laying in bed at night and realize, man, like, this is all on me now. I know, I know it's got to be still a little bit of an interesting situation for you. Yeah, it's always, I think it's always going to be, you know, maybe, maybe after the first season, it might be a little more real or solidified, but it's definitely, uh, odd than having Coach Collie there, you know. I, I can't look at him and say, what you think, zone, man, you know, what what you think, set player right here, whatever. I can't look at him and, and him give me the answer. And uh, that's what I, we were joking the other day. I said, you know, if he goes to the games, I'm probably going to look up in the stands and be like, hey, was that right? Was that, was that correct? <laughs> and because um, he's been such a good mentor to me and, you know, stepped me through not only the game but just, Coaching as a as a whole, you know, talking to players, when to call certain, you know, situational stuff, and um, it, it's definitely weird knowing that, like, if you know, the game's lost or you know, if if, if a mistake's made, it's the eyes are going to be on me now. And then, but I think he's prepared me for that, and in a way, like, kind of, I've saw through him and just from him talking to me a few times that you know you should want that pressure because. That means you know you're doing good things and, and and take it all on and and do what you go with your gut and do what you think's right and and it's all gonna work out for you. So yeah, yeah, no doubt about that, brother. Um, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about some football for a minute. Um, you guys are have been working hard throughout the summer, getting bigger, faster, stronger, and all that good stuff. Um, BJ was telling me that one of the things that he wants to see whenever you guys open up fall practices is a greater level of physicality than there was in the spring. How do you get them to do that? Uh, because, you know, I, I look, I saw you guys had like a lineman supper yesterday and I'm lo- like, I'm scrolling through the picture and I'm saying to myself, damn, like they got some big dudes, bro. Like you, you guys are not lacking size. 
how do you get those big guys to be a little nastier and a little more physical and a little more willing to go where the contact is? I think, number one, going in with high standards. You know, if you go in with the mindset of, you know, we're not going to accept, you know, play, you know, missing practice because your finger hurts or we're not going to accept, oh, coach, I, my, you know, my, I got hit in the shin. I'm, I'm going to sit out. We got to be a little hard on them and, and tough on them to build. It's not necessarily the, the physical physicality. It's the mental physicality, like just the mental toughness and, and knowing that, you know, you, you can't take plays off. And, and that all happens in individual and drill work and in practice. You know, we constantly own them. And, and one thing I'm proud of, you know, at the beginning, we were kind of getting some kids that, you know, were like, oh, uh, you know, once it started getting hard, they would sit out or they, you know, um, they, they would say they have an injury or something. But now, you know, I mean, we do some very hard stuff that not anybody can do, and they all finish it. It might not be the fastest. It might not be the, uh, you know, the best form or whatever, but they all finish the drill. And, and me and Coach Bryce were talking about that, and we were like, you know, we could tell already that we, through some of it, they're mentally getting tougher. Now, physically, we just got to drill them every day. got to be constant, constant motivation, whatever you want to call it, coaching up, you know, getting on them, uh, crushing them, all that kind of stuff. We got constant, constant, constant. If, as soon as you relax on them, they're going to get relaxed. So I think we're just going to stay on Yeah, very good. Look, man, um, one of the things that, that is exciting a lot of folks down there is you've got an eighth grade group that's about to be a ninth grade group that I think is incredible. And Chandler was on earlier in the show, and he was telling me, Hey, look, man, my leading hitter for varsity is a kid who's going to be a ninth grader. And I know football wise, you guys are expecting a lot of things from a lot of groups or from a lot of people in that group. Uh, talk about that. You know, a lot of folks in the community are wondering the, the, this incoming freshman class, this is going to be a, a group of kids that are going to do some really good things, huh? I believe so. I mean, they have a few just, you know, I'm focused more on the lineman aspect. I know they got that, you know, some athletes like this. Jarvis kid and, and Landon Dordor, but just the, from the lineman aspect, I'm I'm really pleased with you know some of the younger guys that have stepped up and I mean they come in every day to work out and they got some size, they got some physicality, they absorb stuff like a sponge. You can tell they've been coached well. They're uh, they're very willing to work, and I, I think that's in high school especially that's more than half the battle. If you got a, a team that you know, that has some talent, but that they're just willing to work. They don't miss workouts. They come every day. That's a sign that you're going to be a pretty good football team. And um, I'm seeing a lot of that with the young kids. They don't miss. You know, they, they come to every workout. And um, I know as a ninth grader, I, I look back and when I was at, you know, playing and stuff, I don't know if I would be able to do that as a ninth grader. You know, that, that takes a lot of commitment to come four days a week in the summer, early in the morning. You know, and obviously when you get older, you do it. But as a ninth grader, it's tough. You know, you don't have all your buddies with some older guys, but they're there every day. And I, I'm excited to see, you know, that when they get a little older, even next year when they one year in the system, to see how they, uh, how well they, they fit into to our scheme and stuff like that. Brody, how good of an offensive coach is BJ Young, man? Because people ask me, and I don't know how to explain because I'm not at practice every day, but I just tell people, like that's a high level offense that's being run. You know, you guys are not in the huddle and saying, 
all right, you slide guy, you run a 10 and out. You know, you outside guy, you run a, you know, five yard slant. No, like it's all option based and it's all based on communication, reading the defenses. And you guys are running an extremely sophisticated offense, man. And, and you guys make it look good. Heck, the proof is in the pudding. Last year broke just about every offensive record. How good of an offensive coach is that guy? Uh, he's, 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 we always joke about it. So if he's listening, he's going to lie, but he's a guru. And my book, like, he starts getting on the board when I ask him some questions, you know. And, look, I research a lot. I'm always on the computer, always on my phone looking at stuff. And when I first, even to this day, I talk to him, I'm like, whoa, dude, you, well, I'm, I'm, I'm way out in left field right now. And he's like, no, it's just, you know, and he starts, it's like almost like it just, he don't even have to think about it. He's just, he just so, he sees the defense. He knows where open spots are going to be. And we were at seven on seven, and I told him like, I'm like, you like, I could see his wheels turning. He called a play, and we scored. I'm like, you saw something? He's like, I, he said, I see holes in the defense, and I, I know how to attack it with our specific scheme. You know, I'm not drawing stuff in the dirt. We got to do what we do, but you got to know when to call it or where the defense is soft at and what play works. You know, and what people don't understand, a lot of our plays, probably, I would say, ninety percent of our passing plays, they can be run against any coverage. It's all based on reads. And they change their routes based upon what the defense does. So you can have a very skinny playbook, you know, seven, eight passing plays, but they can look like on film 40 different passing plays. And uh, that's something that I never really knew about or was ex- was experienced with until BJ came and he started showing me some stuff. You know, I'm, well, I'm miles behind i'm still trying to learn i'm always asking questions you know i try to focus more on the run game and just pass protections because i'm the old line guy but um yeah it, it, he, he's we always joke he's a guru he's he's next level he, he 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 you could tell he played college quarterback let me just say that yeah very very good look brother we thank you so much for the time be safe on them roads this weekend and hope to see you soon pal all right, I appreciate it, Casey. Yeah, yep. I'm going. Yep, yep. That is Brody Williams doing an excellent job, and look, he's 100% right, dude. They have got a good one, a really, really good one down the bayou right now, and they're going to be in good shape for a while because they do have a wonderful ninth grade group coming in. It is play-by-play slash the sports hangover. We've got 15 minutes left of my show. Then after that, hang tight, New Orleans. I know a lot of you guys are saying, man, why are you talking about this high school stuff and We got you, you Pelicans. We got you, you New Orleans Saints. We're going to talk all that stuff from 1 to 3 in the next segment of the show. Though, stick around. I'm going to give some betting picks. That's how we close out my show every day. I got you three things that I think are going to be winners out in Vegas. We'll be right back after this. Since 1948, that's 74 years, Valerio Brothers has been in the commercial shrimping and fishing supply business. They carry a large selection of stainless steel shafts up to two and a half inches, but they can also order larger if you like. They also stock two, three, and four blade propellers up to 40 inches, a large selection of shaft couplings, single V-struts, and stainless steel rudders. Now listen to this, Solario Brothers is now stocking rudder blades and rudder shafts so you can make your own rudder. Now carrying stainless steel plate pieces so you can make your own V-strut. A huge selection of stainless steel stern tubes, rudder 
fiber and shaft shoes, fiberglass tubes, rudder ports, packing boxes, and dripless shaft seals. Stocking tiller arms and rubber cutlass bearings along with a big line of motor mounts. Visit Alario Brothers before the season. That's Alario Brothers, 894 Avenue A, West Wego. Visit their website at alariobros.com. Shrimp boats is a common, their saves are inside. Shrimp boats is a common, there's dancing tonight. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belts and related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. One more segment of play-by-play, and then it's all the sports hangover from 1 to 3 on ESPN 100.3. And then also on our sister station, 1600 AM KLEB and 102.7. Look, anybody that's a regular listener of play-by-play knows that we give out three betting picks daily to wrap up every show. And then I also give out betting picks for a small fee over at my Patreon, patreon.com slash forward slash just glare Casey. Let's thank our sponsors for play-by-play one more time, and then we'll get into the betting stuff. The Blue Boot Rodeo. Can't wait. That's next weekend. The 2022 Blue Boot Rodeo will be held July 7th through 9th at the Grand Isle Marina, located at 158 Sand Dollar Court at the Tarpon Pavilion. I actually spoke with Corey today. Um, they're doing amazing things. They're they're anticipating just a wonderful weekend next weekend, so the Blue Boot Rodeo is a coming. That'll be July 7th through 9th at the Grand Isle Marina. Southland Dodge and Homa. Industrial power systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. How about Dufresne Building Materials? Got you covered for all your roofing needs. Rouse's Markets. Get Rouse's Louisiana Crawfish. Hot from the pot, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Seven days a week at Rouse's Markets. Tastes like home. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. And Golden Motors, where price is priority. Proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics and community youth sports organizations. Also a reminder, join us tomorrow, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock for the Sports Corner presented by Terrebonne General Health System with Stan Gravois and myself for the latest in local high school, college, and professional sports from your local sports experts. I think we got to change that liner because Stan Gravois and I are not experts. But anyway, that's sponsored by State Bank and Trust Company. And also a reminder, join us next week for a live broadcast July the 7th from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. for Senior Sources Hosted by Lafouche Parish District Attorney Christine Russell's office at the LaRose Civic Center, Senior Sources is designed to inform senior citizens about the services available to them. Speakers will cover topics such as current scam trends, easy voting mail-in ballots, juror exemption, senior abuse signs, and much more. Guest speakers will include Christine Russell, Craig Weber, Archie Chasson, Annette Fontana, Wendy Thibodeau, Michael Boudreaux, Heidi Irvin, Mary Swanye, and Tommy Eshte. So let's do this. Um, 
Very quickly, a look through the scoreboard over in the world of golf. Then I'll get you our betting picks as we're going to be uh, doing this segment until about 1 o'clock. Over at the John Deere Classic, that's the PGA Tour event this week. Uh, we're big golf fans here uh, on play-by-play. We're going to talk about the PGA Tour briefly and then maybe a little bit of live golf, and then we'll get into some of that more later in the show. Matthew Schwab is in the lead at 9 under par. He's tied with JT Poston, who's also 9 under par. Schwab has almost finished his second round. Poston hasn't even started, so maybe a little bit of an advantage there. David Lipsky's one shot behind at 8 under par. C.T. Pan, Charles Howell, Christian uh, Buesenhout, and Chris Goderup are both also eight under par, one shot behind. Uh, Vaughn Taylor on the leaderboard, six under par. Also some notables. Ricky Bournes, five under. Let's see. Uh, Jonathan Bird, four under par. So that's out there in the PGA Tour event this week, which is the John Deere Classic. Now let's give you the Live Golf Tour leaderboard because Live Golf is having their second event, uh, which is being held out in Portland. They had their opening round yesterday. The second round is ongoing today. Uh, actually hasn't started yet. So your opening round leaderboard over at the Live Golf Tour event. Carlos Ortiz was in the lead or is in the lead at five under par shot of 67 yesterday. Then Dustin Johnson, one shot behind, shot four under par 68. Pat Perez, two shots behind at three under. Brendan Grace is three under. Brooks Kepka two under par. Louis Eusthuizen is one under par. Martin Keimer, one under par. Matthew Wolf and Patrick Reed are even. Bryson DeChambeau also at even. So the Live Golf Tour is playing their next event out in Portland and the PGA Tours at the John Deere Classic. All right, three betting picks. Then let's get out of here on play-by-play and focus exclusively on the sports hangover. I like three today in the world of the Major League Baseball ranks, and I'll tell you what they are. The first one that I like, open up your apps. Um, you know, Get ready and open up your apps because it starts in 27 minutes. I like the Boston Red Sox to win and cover today. Minus 140 money line spread against the Chicago Cubs. To me, this one is simple. The wind is blowing in at Wrigley, which means it's going to limit the offenses, right? You hit the ball, it's not going to travel as far. Rich Hill is on the mound for Boston. Rich Hill this year has a 4.09 ERA, but Rich Hill has a 2.50 ERA on the road. Today's game is in Wrigley. It's on the road. Rich Hill has struggled at Fenway. He's been very good everywhere else. Um, opposite Hill is going to be Adrian Sampson, who's a prospect for the Cubs. He's been okay this season in very limited action, 10.2 innings pitched. He's got an ERA of 1.69. I like Boston today because they just have so much of a better offense than the Cubs do, man. They just are going to be able to hit the ball more efficiently. They're going to be able to uh, get on base more efficiently. And in a day where the wind is blowing in, I like the team that's going to be on base more. And I like that the the Red Sox have those guys. You know, look, first four guys in their batting lineup, 327 average, 328 average, 313 average, 326 average. They're going to have ducks on the pond, and eventually with the wind blowing in, they'll find ways to drive them in. So I like Boston to carry the money line and get the win there. The second one that I like today is, is going to be in the world of Major League Baseball. Also, where I like the St. Louis Cardinals to go on the road and beat the Philadelphia Phillies, covering the minus 130 money line in that game. And again, that one comes down to pitching matchups. The Cardinals are a better team than the Phillies. They're 43 and 35 on the season. Philadelphia is 40 and 37. But Philadelphia right now is not as good as a 40 and 37 team because they have 
Gene Segura out of the lineup with an injury. They have Bryce Harper out of the lineup with an injury. So their two biggest bats are both not available. Today they're at home, but they're facing Miles Michaelis of the St. Louis Cardinals, who has been excellent this season. Michaelis is only 5-5, five and five, but he doesn't get a tremendous amount of run support. But he's got a 2.57 ERA. He has been outstanding this year, fooling teams with that big breaking ball that he throws. His last couple of starts have been great. In the month of June, he had a 2.38 ERA, and that was with one bad outing. He had an outing against the Cubs where he allowed four runs in five innings. So I think Michaelis is going to go deep into the game, and I think the Cardinal offense with Goldschmidt and all those guys, Arnado, I think they're going to get to the Philadelphia pitcher, uh, Bailey Falter. The Phillies used Nola yesterday. They're going to a much less experienced guy today in Falter, who's kind of a longer lever slash hybrid guy. It's not going to be fully a bullpen game, but it's not going to be a game that we expect the Phillies to be able to win in. So give me the uh, Cardinals to carry the the money line there. Tonight, I like the Yankees to cover their run line, minus a run and a half against the Cleveland Guardians. They're throwing Garrett Cole tonight. Uh, Cole has been excellent in recent starts. He's worked 87 and a third innings on the season, 111 strikeouts on the season. He is earning every bit of that ginormous contract that was given to him whenever he signed with New York. And opposite him is going to be Aaron Savali for the Guardians, who's just been the opposite. He's not been very good in 40 innings pitched. He's got an ERA of seven. He's two and four on the year. He gives up a bunch of hits, scatters guys at times, but he's given up a bunch of hits, a bunch of home runs. And this is a Yankees team that you don't want to give up hits and home runs to because they will punish you and make you pay in a big way. The game is in Cleveland, which kind of has watered the line more than what it should be. The Yankees are a big money line favorite, but run line, it's about even money. I think the Bombers are going to take care of business and make it happen today. The Yankees are going to come into the game hungry. They're coming off of a loss. They lost to Houston last night. I think they'll be eager and chomping at the bit and ready to rock and roll. And if it gets into the bullpen, big news for the Bombers is that Ronis Chapman is back in the lineup. So that should help them on the back end as well if Cole needs the help with as good as he has been lately. So those are our three betting picks, and we hope that we gave you some winners. Now, we're going to close the door here on play-by-play. We're going to wrap up the uh, the play-by-play portion of this, and then now we're going to be strictly focused on the sports hangover from 1 to 3. What that's going to look like is this. In the next segment of the show, we'll talk a little more NBA. We've kind of pieced some of that together and how we think that's going to look. Maybe break down some possibilities for Kevin Durant, some places where he may go. We'll talk about the Kyrie Irving saga. We'll do all of that in the next segment of the show. At 1.15, I'll have Leo Haggerty on. We'll talk some Tampa Bay sports. Leo covers Tom Brady and Gronk, who's now retiring, and all things Bucks. We'll have Leo on at 1.15. One thirty, my old pal Richard Fisher, my first ever radio partner, will be joining us from 1.30 to 2. We'll talk NBA, some NFL, and everything in between. Then at the 2 o'clock hour, we'll talk some Saints. We'll have Marlon Favorite on. Maybe a little more NBA mixed in. And then we'll have some fun with the Nathan's hot dog eating competition at the bottom of the show. Because it is, after all, 4th of July weekend. And this is our final sports hangover before the 4th of July holiday. So let's catch our top of the hour break. When we get back, we'll chat about some NBA to our play-by-play listeners. We bid you adieu. Hope you all have a great rest of the weekend. May God bless you all. And to our sports hangover listeners, stick around. We'll be here until 3. We'll be right back after this. Adrenaline in my soul Ever 
make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this sees from this rodeo. Go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids, and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7th, 8th, and 9th in Grand Isle, Louisiana. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, they're back, man. The flies that just won't let you have peace in your kitchen. Oh, you must be talking about the little bitty ones. Yes, indeed. Yeah, those are likely fruit flies or drain mm. flies. Fruit flies normally get brought in from produce at yeah. grocery store. You remember we did this a couple of years ago, and so many people were talking about, man, when y'all were talking about that, we've been having that problem, and you solved it. Yeah, exactly, because it's the solution is not where you think. Mm. It's in the drain. We have a product. You just treat the drains for five nights straight before you go to bed so there's no water in there. The little enzymes go in there, and they eat up all the egg and the larvae and all the debris that's in the drain. And then guess what? No more drain flies. So where can I get this in the New Orleans area? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. It is hour two of the Sports Hangover. Casey Jisclair here hanging out. In place of Gus Catgill, who's enjoying a little R&R in this long 4th of July weekend. Hope everybody that is traveling. I know there's a lot of people on the roads making their way either to the Florida beaches or Alabama or Texas. Whatever direction you're going, we hope you're going there safely and we hope you're enjoying yourself on this Friday. Uh, there's a whole lot going on in the world of sports. It is a, an extremely busy time. It is a time that... Uh, of uncertainty and also excitement for a lot of people. We'll talk about that NBA-wise in this segment of the show. We've got Leo Haggerty on in the next segment as well, and then we'll have Richard on at 1.30 uh, until 2, and that'll cover the next hour. Um, let's talk a little bit about Kevin Durant here in this segment, right? Because that's kind of where a lot of folks' attention has been in recent days uh, because he has announced that he, he he wants to, well, he hasn't announced, but it is leaked through social media that he wants to trade out of Brooklyn, which, you know, wouldn't have been a big surprise to a lot of people had Kyrie Irving not re-signed. But once Kyrie opted into his contract with Brooklyn a couple of days ago, it almost became a situation of, you know, okay, it feels like they're going to run it back and they're going to try one more time. So it was extremely surprising yesterday when the Woj bomb hit and it's like, okay, you know, Kevin Durant wants out. Where is this coming from? 
And then you see the list of teams on his list. He His preferred destinations are Miami and Phoenix. Phoenix has basically come out and said, hey, we're not trading you Devin Booker. So what else does Phoenix have to offer? DeAndre Ayton is not worth Kevin Durant in a trade. And I don't know that there's enough draft picks in the world, you know, to, to make that deal work if you're not offering Booker in that trade. Um, which the Nets are saying is a requirement. The Nets have come out and said, you know, hey, we're, we're getting Devin Booker or you're not getting Kevin Durant. Then on the Heat side of things, like Miami, for as good of a season as they had, they don't have a whole lot of overly enticing trade assets, right? Like, are you really going to trade Bam out of bio for Kevin Durant and expect that to be a fair market deal? And again, you get into the situation where you're having to trade a bunch of first round picks and like they've got salary cap filler. They've got Duncan Robinson and, and, you know, uh, all those great guys out there that I say great guys. I say contracts that you could trade. They're not great players. So they've got salary filler, but they don't have the pieces, I think, to make it worth the Nets while. So you're looking around the league and you're trying to figure out who would make this deal and who does it make sense to make this deal. And a couple of teams that continue to come up are the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and then your New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans are an exciting and enticing opportunity for Kevin Durant if he chooses that he would want to play in the city. Not that he has a whole lot of choice because he's under contract for such a long time. But you got a young superstar in Zion Williamson. If you could protect him in the trade, you've got another young all-star level player. I'm not ready to say that Brandon Ingram's a superstar just yet, but he's an all-star level player. You've got a young coach. You've got incredible flexibility with the draft picks and everything that you could offer. So why not New Orleans? If you're Brooklyn, why wouldn't you take that offer? Because it might be the best offer on the table. I think the only hiccup and the only setback would be, you know, the social media tweet yesterday said, oh, they're, you know, the Nets are working with Kevin Durant's, you know, representation on a trade, which I read that as, the Nets are going to trade Kevin Durant to a place that he wants to go to. And that then becomes the question is, would he be willing to play the next several years of his career in New Orleans? I don't know the answer to that. Some star players and all-star level players have been more willing to buy into the quote-unquote smaller market than others. Would Durant be one of those guys? I don't know the answer to that. So we'll certainly see how that shakes itself out. Um as Durant is continuing to shuffle around and seeing where this is going to go. I believe we have a caller, Buddy Miller. We have someone on the phone lines. Good afternoon. This is the Sports Hangover. What's going on? I'm all right. How you doing this week? We're doing great, my friend. What what, what, what you want to talk about, bro? Yesterday, I, I canceled um, the boy, Matt. I'm going to cancel you. We don't want that. We don't want that disruption in New Orleans. We're doing good. We take our bunsen. Bruises on the way to turn be a winner championship, man. We don't need no current. We got a young coach. We got good fillers. You know what I'm saying? We got a good team going, heading the right way. We don't want to mess that up. When somebody went to three different teams, mess up teams, and don't know if he won't play. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's a good player. He'll help us a lot, but he's a great let's player. Our own way. We in New Orleans. Okay, he's a great player. <laughs> you won't say that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He won two championships with Steph Curry. He ain't won nothing before or after. 
All right? So we ain't going to go that he can score. Don't get me wrong. Defense ain't a thing. And while we're young coach, we play defense there. You know what I'm saying? We got that mentality that we, we can stop anybody. So if he go to Phoenix, I ain't, don't get me wrong. I'm going to have my eye twitching, but I'm not scared of him with Phoenix because I think we can beat them. You know what I'm saying? We, we got Zion coming back. We got B.I. We got McCullough. We got Herbert. We got some young squad. We got some good draft picks. And let, let's, let's do our thing. We don't want to be in their mix of confusion. Hey. Keep us on the rail. Leave us alone, man. I understand that, and I, look, I, there have been a lot of fans that I've read on social media that share that opinion. But look, man, I, I got to tell you, if if the the price drops low enough, I would be willing to go in and, and try to get that guy. Because look, man, you tell me about Ingram, you tell me about McCollum and Zion, and Herb Jones is a great defender. It is very convenient when you could just throw the ball to that elbow. And even if the defense is guarding it, he could shoot over the top of the defense and score. That's a very convenient weapon to yeah. have. That's that would be uh, that'd be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, that should be nice. But at the same time, what kind of chemistry he bring? What kind of attitude he bring? What kind of what kind of motivation he bring to New Orleans? If he want to come here, you got to look at the whole pitch. We just don't want to look at you know what I'm saying. He's a superstar. Yeah, a lot of superstars are miss where. Look at the Lakers now. When they had all them, Carl Malone, Gary Payton, all them. They ain't turned out fine. Yeah, they went to the finals, but look. But they lost. Four to one. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to mess out with chemistry. We got a good thing going. Add other people who ain't going to do right or bring more value to our thing besides punts and offense and more drama. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. I don't care if we got, we could offer them a garbage bag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not worth it for me. So, so you know what I'm let me... It's not worth it to mess up all the time. We built this. You know what I'm saying? That's our third coach in three years. We've been with Zion for three years. You know what I'm saying? We built it. We just got McCall. We 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 got um, Brandon Eagle through a trade. We don't need to go through all that. Brandon Eagle, he's going to become a superstar. Him and Zion working together, man. We don't need to mess that up for nobody, man. Let's be it. They're like with um, Drew Brees and Sean Payne and the Saints. They took that bumps and lumps. But they did. They won us on Super Bowl. Let's take our bumps along with the players we got, the people good in the locker room, who want to work together, and just let's let build from there. And that's what Champs and Louis on Golden State did. Look what Detroit did one year. You know what I'm saying? So let's build like that, man. We don't need nobody to come mess this up for us. Okay. Now, so- next time when you take a vacation, I'm gonna, we're going to ban you from coming on the <laughs> too. You know, we don't want to put your cows to you. Don't bring that negativity to our city, man. Don't do that. So so, so let me ask you this. Okay, if, 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 if the answer is no to Durant, how would you improve this roster in the offseason? What would you look to get? Chemistry. If I look at my man, I won't do nothing to We got players. We got rotation. We got bench. We got people who want to play here. We got people who like to play. That's all you need from right there. We can build from that. Our score is going to come. We can, as long as you can stop and play good defense, everything all right. We, we was, we was about a half of the three punts, but we hit three punts when we need to in the playoff. We did what we had to do to win games. And this year, I think we went about 45, 50 games this year. And everybody playing together, everybody looking forward to it. Come on, man. Don't mess with it. Let's, let's roll. Okay. You know what I'm and as the trade deadline, then we need to – Beef up in the middle or somewhere like that, then we'll do something. But instead of it, let's leave where. Okay. That's good and he good. Everybody, man, we doing good, man. We got we got it all over. Okay. Everybody want to be in our, in our spot. We got picks. We under the salary cap. 
Now I just, huh? You ain't talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's do that. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. We need nothing but eat gumbo. That's all we need to do this fall season. <laughs> eat so, gumbo and relax and practice. Well, and I, go to Vegas and do our thing. I don't know how much gumbo Zion needs, but that's another argument for another day, brother. Take care of yourself, gumbo's man. Gumbo's a carrot weight. That's that red bean. <laughs> gumbo's a carrot <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That red beef and that fried food, that fried oysters and all that carry weight. That gumbo is just nice. Yeah, very you know good. How that goes. Thank you for the time, brother. Take care of yourself. Have a good weekend. Uh, you too. Happy holidays to you. Yep, yep. That is Mr. Black doing an excellent job. Uh, man, uh, yeah, I look. He says something there that a lot of fans are sharing. Not everybody wants to go out and get that star player. I'm a little surprised by that because this is a New Orleans franchise that has kind of struggled to hold on to some of the big names that they've had. Maybe it's that situation. They've been burned so many times by different guys, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, whatever it may be. Maybe they just don't want to go down that road again. I'm of a different opinion than the caller, but we certainly thank him so much for his time. I think that if you could go and get that transition, uh, that, that, uh, that generational player, you always take that opportunity because look, he's under contract for the next four or five seasons, man. He's such a great player and he's under contract for the next four or five seasons. But, but we're up against a break. Uh, oh, we've got another caller on the line. Okay. So we're going to get to the next caller on the line. Good afternoon. It's the sports hangover. What's going on, brother? Hello. Hello. Hey, what's Hello? up? Hello. Uh, this was Big Rick. Yeah, what's uh, going on, brother? I was, I was gonna say, uh, my my biggest concern was uh, when we finally get a year where we can start with all starters starting at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever had that under any coach that has coached in the last three seasons and maybe beyond. Um. I'm with Mr. Black. I don't, I don't want the drama. Like that part right there, they can keep that. I, what we need is, uh, I don't know who we could get rid of, but I, is Tony Snell still with the team too? Tony Snell. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I could think of some players that we probably need to move out, um, from the Pelicans, like Tony Snell, um, um, the uh, Louisiana native and uh <laughs> and Graham. <laughs> I'm just saying we we need to worry about trying to move those players out so we can get our fresh leg um our draft picks in um to see what they can do um in, in case we need to move on or whatever uh from uh maybe Jackson Hayes or somebody like that and that was that's my whole concern is starting the season off with all starters on the floor. I are we a hundred percent sure that this lineup in, in its current form, which would be McCollum, Ingram, Herb Jones, Williamson, and Valanciunas, I, I think that they would certainly make the playoffs. But are we a hundred percent sure that that lineup would go deep into the playoffs? Are we sure of that? I'm sure of that. Uh, Coach uh, Willie Green did what he did for one. Started off three and sixteen, and. Uh, and we made it to the playoffs, luckily, but now, you know, even though CJ for the game, being that we have somebody probably running the point, um, I forgot the coach that, uh, that helping the point guard, Willie, uh, Witherspoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think people give up. 
um, on working with the point guards as well. Very interesting time. So you think that the, you know the tweaks are more, you know, hey, let's go get some role players, maybe a little extra shooting, that type of thing. You don't want to deal Correct. with a star player. We just, we we can we can grow our own star players with the system that Willie Green is um, working his way through. This is second year. We expect him to climb a little bit better than what he just did because when he came in, we had uh, that started lineup did not look like it ended. So with him knowing what he have now. I'm pretty sure the starting lineup, and we should be, like um, Mr. Black said, we should be around 45, 50 wins. Only if we start with our starting five. And I, I really think people under, uh, underestimate uh, Jonas Valanciunas because I really think he's a big anchor and a, a important, he plays a very important role in the, uh, in the offense and defense. Now, he's not a great shot blocker, but he do he tears shots um from players, and he, he's a good rebounder, a double-double guy. So C.J. McCollum and a couple of firsts for Kevin Durant, you'd say no to that? No. Wow. See, that's no. interesting to me. That's very interesting to me. I, I disagree with you on that. I, I would make that move, but I certainly respect that opinion, brother. All right, thanks. Bro. Yeah, have a great rest of the day, pal. Man. Yeah, the, the New Orleans fans are not one Kevin Durant. That's interesting to me. That's very, very interesting. We've got Leo Haggerty coming up in the next segment. It's the Sports Hangover. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Mike Davis here. Looking for your next new vehicle? Come check us out at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Come place your very own order or choose what is in stock or coming in. Many 2022 Silverado trucks and SUVs to choose from. New vehicles are here on the way. Chevy, find new roads. And if you're looking for that slightly pre-owned or any make and model vehicle, we have it in our huge selection or don't see it, we can get it. Just stop by on the back road and cut off or call us at 985-325-1000. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. It's Gus Gell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or BN View on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams, and you'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. Always on the run and short on cash? With a state bank and trust company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. 
did it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to The Sports Hangover. Casey Jistler here filling in for Gus. Hope that everybody's enjoying their Friday, 4th of July. There are fireworks that are popping. Heck, there were some fireworks in the last segment of the show. But a lot of fans. Look, buddy, it took me 20 minutes to get canceled, man. That's an all, that's an all time record. But anyway, go to the phone lines right now. We have Leo Haggerty. He covers Tampa Bay sports on the line. Leo, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? I'm fine, Casey. How you doing? We're doing great, man. We want to have you on, talk a little bit of football. We're going to get some heavy Saints talk later, later in this show in this, in the, the last hour, the two o'clock hour. But we wanted to spend some time talking about the team that the Saints are currently chasing, which are the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks have had a nice offseason adding some pieces around their roster. How have things been out in Tampa, man? Well, it's, it's, it's been kind of interesting. You know, there was on Gronk watch and now he's decided to retire. And I'll believe it when he doesn't show up. Uh, I got a feeling we may see 87 show up somewhere mid season, but that's another story for another time. They added a couple pieces. They added Hicks as a defensive tackle, Gage uh, as a wide receiver. And uh, it's uh, again, Chris Godwin, big question mark when he's going to come back, but, uh, <laughs> He's still got 12 under center. That covers up a lot of sins. No doubt about that. Let's talk about the Rob Gronkowski situation. Because the last time I was filling in for Gus, we had you on. And, you you know, it was when he was pondering his decision. And you were telling me, like, look, if he doesn't come back, it's a very big blow. Now, I am kind of of the same belief as you. As I think that this is more of a ploy. He doesn't want to do training camp week three or week four. He'll start shuffling around and he'll say, hey, I'm coming back in. Uh, but let's just say that he doesn't and that he does stay true to his retirement. How big of a blow is that for a Tampa offense that needs him in that red zone, man? I, I'm i one of the few people in Tampa that thinks it's a huge blow. They're thinking, well, you know, we'll cover that up. The, the, the Buccaneers like to use two and three tight end sets. And now without Gronkowski, you got Cameron Brake and a couple of unproven guys who are going to have to prove themselves. You know, it, it, when you put Gronkowski and, and O.J. Howard and uh, Cameron Brait together, that that's a formidable group, especially if you split one or two of those guys out and you're playing a base defense. Now you got a linebacker or a safety covering them, and that's matchup favorable to the Buccaneers. Gronkowski's decided to retire. O.J. Howard's moved to Buffalo. Cameron Brait is, is now the guy, and uh, it may change their offensive philosophy as to how many multiple tight end sets they use leo tom brady by the time the next season starts is going to be 45 years old and if you look at the stats from last season you know there were a couple of games where you know the instincts will say oh man like he's kind of maybe slowing up a little bit but then you look at the stats as a whole 5300 yards 43 touchdowns a great qbr second in the nfl in that stat the guy is unbelievable man and you know he flirted with the retirement, ended up coming back, and then there was the drama of the Dolphins and all that whole soap opera there, but he's back in Tampa. What should we expect to see from big number 12 back there in that huddle? Well, the big thing is you got to keep him upright. Uh, I can remember talking to Tristan Wurst, the uh, right tackle for the Buccaneers, when he was signed, came in as a rookie, and I said, what did Brady tell you? He said two things. Don't let him come quick. Don't let him come inside. And again, that's the key. You want to make... People go outside of Brady because everybody talks about his lack of mobility, but he is a master in the pocket of stepping up, stepping to the side, stepping back, extending the play that way. He, he is an uncanny ability to do that. 
if Brady can line up 17 games, I think they win probably 12 or 13. Absolutely. Very good. Look, one thing that kind of gets lost in translation here with the Brady drama and with the Gronkowski situation is the fact that it's going to be a first-year coach in Tampa. Raheem Morris is going to be taken over, and you know Arians is on the way out. Well, not on the way out. He's out. He's retired and you know, left the organization. Um, talk about that. That's that's kind of the lost story here is that Tampa is going to have a first-year coach in the fall. Yeah, they're going to have Todd Bowles move up from the defensive coordinator. So Todd the, Bowles, the yeah, I'm news, sorry. No, no problem. Everybody gets Raheem mixed up with, <laughs> with Todd because he was there at Tampa Bay for a while. But, the, yeah. It, it seems like a seamless transition. You know, Arians moves up to uh, basically a consultant role with the team. Bowles is in there. You still got Brady. You, you still have the offensive staff. There hasn't been a whole lot of change in that respect. The one thing I think you'll see change. Now, the Buccaneers, their offensive philosophy was let's throw it to set up the run. Arians and, and Brady, they were not adverse to throwing it 40, 45 times a game and being happy. Todd Bowles being a defensive guy, I think they're going to run the football a lot more. I think they're going to try to get Brady into the 25, 30 passes because, uh, you know, defensive coordinators are, are, are under this philosophy. You know, you throw the ball, you know, three things can happen and two things are bad. So <laughs> I, I, I think you may see a little bit more of a run, which I think helps Brady out because now – if you establish the run, that play-action pass becomes lethal. Leo, looking at the schedule, Tampa Bay better be ready because they're opening up at Dallas. That game was a battle last year in Tampa to open up the season. Then at New Orleans, that's been Tampa Bay kryptonite in recent years. Home against Green Bay, home against Kansas City. For all the folks who are saying the Bucks are a Super Bowl contender, and I think that they are as well, we're going to sure find out in the first month of the year because they're going to be challenged like heck. They could very easily be one and three out of the gate. And again, <laughs> New Orleans has their number. I don't know why or I don't know how, but they figured out how to play Brady. They're four and zero against him during the regular season. Yeah, they lost in 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 the playoff game, but during the regular season, they shut him out in Tampa last year. So it's a, they got to go to Dallas. Dallas will be licking their wounds. New Orleans will definitely have a little bit extra blurb because that's where, it, you know, Jameis got hurt was in the in the Buccaneers game, and that just tanked the, the Saints season. And then they got Green Bay and, and Kansas City at home. So the schedule makers were not kind to the Buccaneers. And then they got to go to Germany, which I'm thinking this is this is just crazy. And it that's why everybody's here talking 16 and 1, 17. That's not happening, folks. Be happy if you get to 12 because uh, the Saints are going to be right there because if Jameis lines up 17 games, they win at least 10. So it's, it's, it, I think we're going to come into December and the Saints are going to be within sight of Tampa Bay or even up with them. And uh, right then it's uh, the last four or five weeks. Let's see what happens. Yeah, no doubt about that. So, you know, let's talk about this. This is a Louisiana-based show, certainly. And, and you know, a lot of folks here – Though they're not Tampa fans, they're still Devin White fans because of the amazing career he had at LSU. Talk about how awesome that dude is, man. But like you watch him play, he plays at a different speed as everyone else. He's such a terrific player. What does he bring to that Tampa defense? Boy, he brings a lot. And you put him 
and Devontae David next to each other, that 3-4 becomes just a formidable defense. And again, he's a downhill linebacker. The worst thing that may have happened to him was the year they won the Super Bowl, I think he had seven or eight sacks. And <laughs> we were talking to the linebacker coach here. He said, you know, son, that doesn't happen. That That's that's an aberration. You know, you get three or four, that, that's a good thing. So he's starting to learn pass coverage. Uh, again, he's a downhill linebacker. He is a tremendous athlete. And, and he is the, the, the star that stirs the drink because he's the one that's going to be able to cover up with his speed and with his athleticism and, and let that 3-4 work. And I'll tell you what, it ain't bad playing behind Vita Vea because nobody's getting up to him, that's for sure. <laughs> no doubt about that. Leo, before we let you go, where can the, the listeners find your work, my friend? Hey, go to Facebook and uh, go to Amped Up Sports. I just put out a... Uh, a, a quick, uh, I call it Leo's Daily Memo, on uh, the merry-go-round has started in college football with UCLA and yes. USC going to the Big Ten. And I don't think that the, the music has stopped. You're going to see a lot of people moving there. But, uh, Casey, thanks for having me on, and you have a great Fourth of July. Same to you, buddy. That is Leo Haggard doing a great job, as always. He talked about that Tampa Bay schedule. Whew, that's a bear. You know, you open up with Dallas and the Saints and the Chiefs. Like they did, that is a bear that Tampa's going to have to endure. If they get out of that unscathed, uh, look out. If they don't, they may have to dig themselves out of a hole, and they're going to maybe have to do it without Rob Gronkowski in the early portions of the season. So we'll see how that shakes itself out. Let's catch a break. Then when we get back for the next 30 minutes, it'll be an armchair quarterbacks reunion. My first radio show that I was ever part of was the armchair quarterbacks here in the infancy of ESPN 100.3. My co-host for that show is the next guest online. That's my buddy Richard Fisher. We'll be talking about everything happening in the world of the NBA and beyond. It's the Sports Hangover here on ESPN 100.3. I just checked the morning, but there just ain't nobody hollering. What's a man supposed to do when he's down and out of work? A grade C is just average. A grade B, better. But an A? An A is excellent. And an A is what Thibodeau Regional earned for patient safety from the LeapFrog Group, a leading healthcare quality and safety organization. This A in patient safety is yet another confirmation of Thibodeau Regional's commitment to providing patients with the highest quality, safest care. Welcome to Allstate, where we bring it all together. And bundling your home and auto is good, right? And it saves you up to 25%. It all comes together. Allstate. Here, better protection costs a whole lot less. You're in good hands with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com to save today. Bundled savings discounts will vary by state. Saving up to 25% is a countrywide average of savings off the home policy. Combining the multiple policy discounts for having auto insurance with Allstate and the welcome discount savings at enrollment. Make your garden twice as big this summer and get twice the harvest. Right now, get two Bonnie plants, 2.32 quart vegetable and herb plants for only $10. Their ready-to-grow starter plants make growing vegetables and herbs at home easier than ever before. Make your garden twice as big this summer and enjoy homegrown fresh vegetables and herbs with Bonnie plants, too, for just $10. Feels like 4th of July savings at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Selection varies by store and store only. Not available offshore or Alaska. The training has 
helped my career so much because it's a platform of skills that I never had before. The training program has, has got me to go from uh, just a regular job to a career because when I first came here, I didn't know anything about this line of work. Without doing this training, we wouldn't be able to work for the companies that we work for. Learn more at laworks.net slash IWTP. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Well, let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You know, this is a lot of fun for me, what we're going to be doing for the next half hour. It's The Sports Hangover, Casey, just there hanging out. In place of Gus, who's out enjoying himself early 4th of July holiday, the first ever radio program that I was on regularly was a show here on ESPN 100.3 in its infancy. It was called The Armchair Quarterbacks. My co-host on that show is our guest now, Mr. Richard Fisher. Richard, buddy, how are you today, man? My friend Casey, doing fantastic. Hello, Richard, are you here? Hey, can you hear me? Now I got you. Sorry about that. I couldn't hear you at first. Got me, got me. Hey, Casey, it's so great to talk to you again, my friend. So great every time we can do this. It's like I went out to lunch eight years ago and never came back. Well, well, here I am, you know, ragged but ready to go. And, man, it, it was so much fun doing the arm check quarterback with you back in 2014. And let's, let's get a small taste of that back as we – run it back here for the next half hour Look, how have you been doing my friend i'm doing great buddy it is is such a fun time of the year right now because we've got a whole lot of nba drama to talk about because you know yesterday i was doing this and i'm sure you were doing this as well right about three four o'clock just you know breaking my thumb scrolling on the phone trying to see what was the latest thing that was tweeted you know what does woe say what does sham say you know you get the news of kevin durant who announces that he wants a trade but before we get into all of that let's start closer to home because it was kind of the same situation this morning. You wake up and you see the news that Zion Williamson has signed his five-year, or not signed, but has agreed to his five-year Supermax extension. So a big, you know, focus point of New Orleans in the offseason was getting this done, and they have gotten it done. Now, we don't know the devil in the details. We don't know if there are any provisions or any protections in that contract, but at least we know that it is on the way to getting done. Zion's going to be here for the foreseeable future. Absolutely, and despite the injuries, despite the issues with his family, that's of course been most reported in Ballyhood. It's a no-brainer. You got to do it. There's no conversation. There's no discussion. I mean, for goodness' sake, Zion set the all-time record for points per 36 minutes per game in the last year that he played. Not a full season, but pretty close to a full season. But we also do have to remember. We're talking about a guy that's only played 81 games out of three seasons in his whole career. So there are, well, maybe not let's call them red flags, but there are some things that need to get worked through. But we're talking about a, a very young guy that's shown transcendent talent from a Pelican's point of view. It's no, it's a no-brainer. you got to give him the max. You've got to lock him up for as long as possible. And Zion said he was going to sign it as early as he could, and he absolutely did. So... This is a great day for the Pelicans that we can put whatever controversy there may or may not have been that may or may not have been blown up by the basketball press out there. We can put that behind us and look forward to a very bright future continuing for New Orleans basketball. All right, so let's talk about this. Earlier in the show, you know, I was kind of speculating and I opened up the phone lines and said, all right, Kevin Durant's available. 
what on this roster would you be willing to give up to get him? And I was surprised, Richard, because a couple of folks called and a couple of folks tweeted, and I haven't had a single person either call or tweet saying that they're willing to give up anything. The opinion has been so far, hey, we don't want this dude. He's drama. We like what we're building. I think they're crazy. I think that Kevin Durant is a generational talent. I think he's one of the best players to ever play the game. And I think that you figure it out and figure ways out to make it work with guys like that. What are your thoughts? Because, look, New Orleans has the draft picks. They've got the movable contracts. They realistically, if Durant would want to be in New Orleans, they realistically could get this done. So I'm going to ask you to play the role of David Griffin or Trajan Langdon. What would you be willing to give up to bring Kevin Durant to the city of New Orleans? Well, I think if you're in the shoes of Griffin or Langdon, everything's going to be hush-hush and then denied deny after the fact. So, of course, they are never in any way going to make anyone think that they were ever interested. And you also hit on the important part. Durant would want to be here. He probably doesn't want to be here, so this is probably a moot conversation anyway. But let's have that's what radio shows are for. Um, look, we're in lockstep on this, Casey, and this was this was a big theme of our radio show back in 2014, the armchair quarterback, where we pretty much agreed all the time and we were not in lockstep with the fan base in New Orleans, whether it was St. Pelicans, Bellasio, anything else. Look, Kevin Durant's one of the 10 or 15 greatest players of all time. He's in his prime. Sure, it's his late prime. It's sure, it's maybe whole seventeen of his late prime, but he is still in his prime. You, if you've got an opportunity to get Durant and not give up pieces that are going to take away your chances next year, you, you're going to be a contender. If you're not, so, it really depends on what the Nets want. Do they want future? Do they want to make up for all the picks that they lost trading for Harden? Because the Pelicans can sure help with that. Now, the issue with that was you would then have to match the salary back to Brooklyn, and this is where a trade would would get messy for New Orleans because the Pelicans have put themselves in a fantastic spot where you don't have any bad contracts. The the guys that are getting paid on your roster deserve to be getting paid those salaries, so if you trade those guys, you're gutting your roster. It's not like some other teams out there that have the misfortune that maybe in a situation like this, a rare case, turns into a fortune where you can trade for a guy like Durant and not feel like you're giving up key cogs to your team. So for that reason, even if Durant wanted to come here, I think it would be incredibly difficult to make it happen because you're not trading McCollum. Not after he just he just completely changed your you know, the, the momentum of your team and the culture of your team. You know, uh, so what, 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 how would you be able to get up to the salary of Durant and not feel like you're gutting your roster? That's the problem. But if push came, that was the decision that you had to make. Man, I'd have a hard time saying no to Kevin Durant, one of the 10, 15 greatest players of all time, in his prime, late prime, despite all the drama. That absolutely would be fair to bestow on him. Brandon Ingerman, a pick or two for Kevin Durant. Would you do it? I mean, I think you'd have to. And I'm going to get a lot of gruff from Pelicans fans for saying that. And, and and I think the and I think it only being a pick or two, I think you would I think I think you would have to call that into the commissioner, and you know I, so so send your send your hate tweets toward ESPN <laughs> Radio and tell us why we're wrong about that. But man, if if you if you can do a one for one swap for Ingram and only give up a pick or two, uh, I I just 
now, now I'm not. Now the cap cops might come out at us and say, "Oh, well, you have to throw this salary in and that salary in." Uh, so we haven't fully fleshed that out yet. But man, I would have a hard time saying no to that. So here's what's interesting, buddy, and you know, let's talk about this now from the Nets' perspective. Is that your instinct whenever there's fire in the born is okay? Let's just you know mow the thing down and build another born. The problem with that for the Nets right now, they don't have their next several first round picks because they're locked into either giving Houston a pick or swapping with Houston for a pick. So they're in a tough spot because like, yeah, the instinct would be, all right, screw it. We're going to just trade Kyrie and Durant, get young pieces, get picks and kind of piece this thing back together. But they do have a small incentive to also want to at least kind of be decent because if not, they don't want the embarrassment of Houston picking top five guys on their dime for the next decade. So the, the Nets are in such a unique spot here with how they handle this. And, and and teams absolutely do handle it that way. You know, it uh, the the most objective and logical way to look at that would be to look at it as a sunk cost. And by saying, well, let's try to be good so that the trade doesn't look as bad for us, that's kind of giving in to the sunk cost fallacy a little bit. So you, it would be really important for the Nets brass to take a step back and say, look, these picks are gone. There's nothing we can do about that. Whether we're giving up the first pick, the 11th pick, 21st pick, or the 30th pick, let's do the best thing that we can do for our franchise moving forward and just not even keep that out of the, out of your mind. But we're human beings. We're going to think about it. And so it's absolutely going to factor into their decision making. And, and you, 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 you bring up a great point, Casey. The Nets are in a very tough spot because you've got a superstar in Durant who has announced publicly now that he doesn't want to be there. He waited to do it, by the way. I'm sure you've touched on this on your show already. He waited to do that until Kyrie opted in, yeah. therefore also severely reducing the options that both Kyrie and the Nets have to make, a, uh, to, to make a trade there. You've got Ben Simmons on the team, and poor Ben Simmons, he doesn't have any friends. <laughs> Nobody wants to play with him, huh? I mean, Kyrie was actively trying to get off of the Nets, but nobody wanted him. Now Durant wants to be gone. Jimmy Butler already told us how he felt about Ben Simmons by leaving the Sixers a few years ago. So the, 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 the Nets have had a huge problem of hitching themselves to the wrong wagons here in the last few years, whether it's Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and now Durant, who seems to want nothing to do with them. And you know what's the craziest part about this, buddy? And, and and I was I was freaking out about this yesterday after the Kevin Durant news went out. Is Richard? They had no clue. They had no clue this was coming right. down. The reason why I tell you they had no clue, they traded a first round pick for Royce O'Neal yesterday. Like the, right. you you don't do that if you know that Kevin Durant wants out. They had no idea that that was that was coming down. That makes this even more fascinating is that like this is completely out of left field for them i would just love to be a fly in the wall of that front office to see what they're thinking as that news breaks yesterday right and and we should also remember that the nets don't have to trade him he's under contract for four more years his extension hasn't even kicked in yet so they can either tell him hey buddy you're you're returning with us or or you're just not going to play for anyone else now we haven't seen that happen in the NBA yet. We've seen the leverage completely switch to the side of the superstar where the star can kind of call the shots whether they're under contract or not. In fact, this is exactly 
what Bradley Beal is going to do in about a year after having just signed his massive extension with the Wizards. He's going to he's going to ask he's going to ask out after a year after getting that bump in pay that only the home team can give you. But the, the fact that the Nets are blindsided by this is crazy. I mean, it, and, and it blindsided the rest of us too. So maybe we we shouldn't be too upset with them because none of us saw this happening. But but man, this is a, a tough tough spot for a franchise that has just been snake bit ever since they've moved to Brooklyn. Whether it's been the the, the Paul Pierce KG trade that ended up being all those high firsts going back to the Celtics that helped build the roster that just got them to the NBA Finals and multiple conference finals, you know, all, all the way through this right now. It's been one thing after another after another, and they just they just can't really seem to get it right. Crazy times. Well, look, buddy, we're going to actually just stay on the line for another segment. We're up against a break. It is the sports hangover here on ESPN 100.3. We're going to catch a break. We're going to talk some more NBA with Richard Fisher in the next segment of the show. It's ESPN 100.3. We'll be right back after this. Make this the summer event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right ones should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The official Monster Truck Series. Witness the world's best drivers competing in your favorite Monster Jam trucks. Be part of the action. Let's hear it. Make some noise. Brought to you by your local Southern Quality Ford dealer. Get your $5 savings coupons from participating Southern Quality Ford dealer locations. Restrictions may apply. Coming to Caesar Superdome July 9th. Visit MonsterJam.com for event details. RTC, Etel, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, Etel, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. What are you waiting for? Pick up the phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengap. It's not Gus Kattengap, but it is Casey Jisclay here working out of the bullpen on The Sports Hangover. We've got another segment of NBA talk coming up here with my buddy, formerly of the Armchair Quarterbacks, way back when on ESPN 100.3. My old pal Richard Fisher is on the line. Fisher, in the last segment, we were talking about all of the drama of the NBA free agency. But look, we didn't even touch on 
what might be the most tumultuous situation in the entire NBA, which is the Los Angeles Lakers, man. They're trying to figure out what to do. Thank, yeah, thank you. That's the proper response to that. <laughs> you know, they've got Russell Westbrook, who's on a huge deal. LeBron James is getting up in age. Anthony Davis is often injured. No, they got guys like Brian Windhorst who are on, who's on TV saying, oh, the Lakers have a package to get both KD and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah, what package do they have? So what are your thoughts, man? The Lakers are trying to piece it together. They just can't get any traction at all, man. And, and you're right. I hear you laughing. It is funny to watch. You love to see it. it. It is, and it's so beautiful rooting for the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that has so many of their first-round picks and pick swaps here for basically the next decade. The, the Elmo on fire meme. Uh, Jeff just keeps coming to mind thinking about the Lakers and where they are and where they're going, which appears to be a whole lot of nowhere. They sold the farm for that uh, that that first championship in the bubble, and it's been straight downhill ever since. Like you said, Casey, Westbrook's got zero trade value. He's got less than zero trade value. He's definitely what's known as a negative asset in NBA circles. It'll be very difficult for them to unload him, and even if they do, they're not getting anything valuable back because they traded all those firsts to New Orleans. They don't have a first to trade now until like 2027. And they only have that first to trade, I believe. So it's uh, it's really, really tough for the Lakers. Davis coming off the worst year of his career by far. You know, I think he kind of heard a lot of the criticism from the inside the NBA crew about how he, he was uh, a little bit soft and a little bit weak in the post and not holding up firm and how he needs to fill out and get stronger. And, well, he did that. He, he built his body up. He got stronger and he had the worst year of his career and he couldn't stay healthy. So where this team goes in the next couple years, to me, has more to do with Anthony Davis and how he returns or doesn't return than anything else. Look, LeBron's still still great. Statistically, he had one of the best years of his career, but that those stats don't amount to incredible efficiency anymore. It doesn't amount to just roll the ball out and we're a 50-win team anymore. And, and we also have to factor this in, Casey. Are we sure that players with options, a.k.a. star players, or even almost star players, are we sure that they want to play with LeBron? Are we sure that anybody in the league with options really wants to play with LeBron? I mean, look at who they've signed so far in, in free agency. It's, it's Juan Toscano Anderson. It's, it's uh, I'm forgetting the name of, of the other guy, but it's, it's people that weren't exactly desired in NBA free agency. And, you know, I, I think I think it kind of becomes the all-about-me show with LeBron, and I don't think a lot of players want to play with him. And I, I, I do think that was, you know, harping back to the Pelicans trade for Anthony Davis, I think it was very, uh, very noticeable in that situation if you can remember back to the uh, Twitter reaction that Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball had about leaving LeBron. Yeah. They were throwing a keg party on Twitter. So the, 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 the Lakers are a disaster. They're not a good team. They're an old team. They have no avenue to get better. And as a Pelicans fan, we should all, all of us, not just myself, but all of us Pelicans fans, we should be tickled to death about how much of a of a, of a of a dumpster fire situation this has become with the Lakers. Well, you know, in that part of it is obvious. You know, you get all the picks and everything, and they're going to be maximized. But 
personality-wise of the team, like it couldn't happen to a big a bunch of clowns, man. LeBron and Russ, and you know, it, like yeah. So it, it's a great win, winning situation all around. I said earlier in the show, I'm gonna ask you if you agree with this. I truly believe that with all of this Brooklyn drama and everything going on, I think that the two teams that are going to be some of the biggest dominoes in how all of this is going to take shape is Philadelphia and Utah, and for for different reasons. I think Philadelphia has the wizard general manager who's going to come up with some sort of concoction, be it Harris and Maxey and draft picks or whatever. Like They've got flexibility to go and add another guy. That's the first thing. Will they do that? I don't know. But they've got the the flexibility to do that should they choose to do so. Then on the flip side to that, you've got Utah, who they're going to be a lot of teams. As I think Utah's looking to sell maybe Mitchell and Gobert both. There are a lot of teams that may say, hey, if I can't get Kevin Durant, hey, that's okay. I'll just go and get Donovan Mitchell. Or, or if the Donovan Mitchell trade happens first, it might kind of set the price or whatever that Brooklyn's going to be looking for. I think that Philadelphia could be a buyer and they could shape how this thing looks. I think Utah could be a seller and they shape how this thing looks. And I think all of that is going to end up rippling around and it's going to end up affecting how this all thing plays out. Yeah, that's a great point. I think I think you're absolutely right. Utah is going to be looking to be a seller, and then this is this is a team with a new coach, new general manager. They're they're looking for a brand new direction. You've got people with job security that that have jobs right now, and that that means that they are not only from a timeline perspective, but also from a job security perspective, in the perfect opportunity to sell. Mitchell's going to get traded. Probably going to get traded to the Heat. I guess we'll see. Gobert's probably going to get traded as well. I, I would have said that uh, Chicago was maybe one of those teams if you could put Busevich in the deal, uh, as well as a couple other pieces to, to send over to Utah. Um, but but after signing Drummond the other day, maybe 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 that's not the case. I, I guess we'll see how many centers can a team have. Um, I'll be very interested to see what Gobert's trade value is going to be. I think we all think that uh, Mitchell is going to go for quite a bit as he probably should, given what we saw in the bubble and what he's capable of in, in uh, playoff situations. But w- how is the league going to value Gobert? He's one of the most valuable regular season players, but there are times in the playoffs, depending on a matchup, where you can't play him, or at least you can't play him and expect to play at the highest level. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to, to, for me to see what, what kind of trade return is Gobert going to fetch. And if it's not a lot, does Utah want to think about maybe holding on to him until there's an injury and somebody gets desperate? Very interesting. Let's talk back, you know, circle back around closer to home. Let's assume that all the pie in the sky prognostications about Kevin Durant don't come to fruition. You got right now what appears to be a starting lineup of CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herbert Jones, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas. If you are the Pelicans brass, what are some things you're looking to improve upon to shore up your roster? Because you got a little bit of resources to play with. You got some exceptions and everything like that that you could play with. What are some things you're looking to do roster wise to get these guys ready to not just be a playoff team, but maybe win a round or two while there? Man, I, I think you just want to nibble around the edges. I, I would not make wholesale changes unless we're talking about a complete paradigm shift situation of bringing in someone like Durant. If, if, if we're just talking about um, average Joe kind of guys that you could bring in, and honestly, you'd probably have to overpay in free agency because that's how it works. I think I would just stay the course, keep, 
keep going where I'm going. Sure, you could use a little bit more shooting, but maybe you could get that from a guy like Gallinari who's going to get waived by the Spurs after being acquired from Atlanta in the Murray trade. Um, maybe you can get it on the cheap from someone like that. I think I think that the smartest teams take their time in free agency. The, the teams that end up doing the best in free agency are not the teams you read about on July 1st, July 2nd, July 3rd, unless we're talking about them trading for or signing a paradigm-shifting superstar, which we don't think New Orleans is going to do, and I think that's okay. I, I think with the, uh, the, 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 the morale and camaraderie that they showed later in the season on top of, on top of the talent and, and the fan base that really got behind the team as the games got bigger, I, I don't know if there's a more exciting situation in the league than New Orleans. Because with all that, on top of all that, you and Oklahoma City have the most assets in the league, too. Sure. So you've got every opportunity to take that big swing whenever you feel like doing it. I just think they showed so much last year that they don't have to do it. Yeah, no, that's a very great point. Look, buddy, before we let you go, we certainly appreciate your time for the last half hour. Um, and actually something a little bit uh, outside, well, not a little bit, a lot outside of the scope of the NBA, but actually about LSU football. The We are now July 1st, so that means we're about two months away from LSU taking the field against Florida State. A lot has happened since the Tigers last played. They've hired a new coach. They have completely revamped their roster through the transfer portal. Uh, they have gotten new coordinators in and, you know, the whole shebang. A lot of folks came out of the spring saying, Hey, man, this feels different. This looks different. There's a different level of competency here, so to speak. There's a different level of professionalism. I think Brian Kelly's an excellent football coach. And I think that when you look at the LSU roster, you got Miles Brennan, who's, you know, heck in his mid twenties now. You, you got receivers out there that can make plays defensively everyone's raving about the coordinator Teron Matthew loves him Mike Tillia and all those guys love him I think that LSU's in a position to make a big leap I don't know that they'll you know make the playoffs or anything like that but I think that right away we're going to see a team that is you know we're going to all be saying okay look out because in the next few years this team's going to really soar I totally agree and and maybe we don't have to wait a couple years you know depending on what we get out of A&M this year this could be about as down as you could ever hope the SEC West to be. But I completely agree with your competency comment, Casey. LSU is never going to lose a game because they are the least prepared team. I think a lot of fans out there, they think that coaching is all about X's and O's, and a lot of it's about X's and O's. But what the fans don't see is the organization that it takes Sunday through Saturday to get your team ready to play. Uh, at the end of the week, and, and LSU is going to be more ready than anyone else. Look, I was a big fan of the Brian Kelly hire. Notre Dame did not lose to an unranked team since 2017. Ooh. Consistency. Consistency is not valued enough in life. Yeah, could he have done better against the big boys? Sure. But was he coaching the less talented team in the stadium in those games? Yeah, probably so also. Let's see what he can do with the LSU infrastructure, which is among the best, if not the best in the country. And let's, let's roll. I think it's going to be, I think it was an outstanding hire. And I'm very excited for the future of LSU football. My brother, I thank you so much for the time, man. We had a great time. We'll have to chat again soon. And shoot, we're going to be texting one another throughout the weekend. You know how that goes. <laughs> of course. 
so great to talk to you again, Casey. It was fun. Let's do it again. Absolutely, buddy. That was Richard Fisher, my old partner from the armchair quarterbacks, doing a great job. We talked some NBA, some LSU, and everything of the sort. And the final hour of the sports hangover. We've got a lot going on. The next segment, we'll maybe talk a little bit of NBA, NFL. We've also got to talk some NCAA stuff. There's some crazy things happening there. We've got Marlon Favorite at 215 who will be joining us. We'll get some Saints also at the bottom of the show. And then also in the spirit of the 4th of July, we've got to talk about the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition because there's going to be some incredible athleticism shown in New York as they're going to be scarfing down hot dogs. It's the Sports Hangover. We'll be right back after this. Home health services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you have to drive 300 miles to your cousin's wedding. Okay, so it's his fourth. But you know what they say, fourth time's the charm. (laughs) Well, here's the problem. Your tires are as bald as I am. But lucky for you, eBay Motors has tires for just about every make and model. Plus wheels, lug nuts, jack stands, and more. 122 million parts. Do they have tissues? Oh, good, because I'm definitely a crier. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with a synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Josh Hart has lost a lot of AirPods. One day I lost two pair in a day. <laughs> See, yeah. I lost them on my way to the airport. I buy a pair at the airport. It's like $307. I get off the plane. I'm like, where in the hell? I could not believe it. GJ and Max, followed by Green. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Welcome back to the Sports Hangover here on ESPN 100.3. Casey Jistler here filling in for the G-Cat, who's enjoying a little extra holiday R&R in this final hour of the show. We're going to talk. A little more NBA, a little bit of NCAA. We'll get Marlon Favorite on at 2.15, talk about some NFL and college football talk, maybe sprinkle some high school in between there. We'll talk some Saints at 2.30, and then also at the bottom of the show in celebration of the 4th of July, we will 
have some fun and talk about the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition, which is always out in New York City. Heck, uh, I might break the record for the most bags of chips eaten in the course of a radio show. I've been, I'm usually on until one. I'm on until three today. I'm starving trying to figure out a way to make it work. Um, let's talk some NCAA drama here. Uh, because there's a whole lot going on and I think that it's being underreported because of all of the NBA saga. Uh, you know, it's kind of gotten buried in the headlines. Yesterday, we saw a decision very quietly be made or announced rather by the University of Southern California and UCLA, which is that they have announced that they are both going off to the Big Ten in 2024. And I know if you're driving, like let's say you're on the causeway or you're driving through the city, you're saying like, Casey, what the hell are you talking about? Why would USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten? That's the same thing that I'm asking, by the way. I don't know why they would make that. Well, I do know why they're going to make that decision. I'll get to that later in the in the, the segment. But it was puzzling on the surface, which is that you got two schools all the way from the West Coast, the far extreme West Coast, who are now going to be committing to traveling across the country to play conference games against Ohio State and Penn State and Minnesota and Purdue and Michigan and Michigan State. Very interesting. You know, it, as a fan, it creates a whole lot of drama and a whole lot of fun things to talk about because we'll now have more intriguing, sexy matchups that we haven't seen in years past. But schematically, it also creates some things, you know, traveling and time zone differences and everything of that that sort, of, you know, kind of shakes some things up. Now, with that having been said, this leads to a greater debate here that needs to be had about what's happening here, which is that, oh, I won't even say five years. Give it three years. Three, four years from now, what we see right now in terms of the landscape of NCAA and college football athletics, it's going to look nothing like what it looks like right now. There's a great story on ESPN.com, the headline being, The SEC Big Ten Battle for College Football Supremacy is Just Beginning. Truer words have never been spoken. The SEC has expanded. They've added Texas and Oklahoma. They were already the best conference in the country. The rich get richer. Now the Big Ten expanding, getting USC and UCLA. What you're going to see now is an arms race. The SEC is going to look and maybe take another couple, maybe Florida State, maybe try to shoot for Clemson, maybe try to you know get Baylor or another Texas-based school, whatever it may be. Or maybe they try to go and expand further out west and get Arizona, something like that, whatever it may be. You're going to start to see further expansion from the SEC. And it's going to become almost like like a territorial battle. This conference is going to try to further encroach and further reach, and you know, then the the Big Ten is going to try to maybe go out and get another couple of Pac-12 schools. It becomes very territorial, and what you're going to end up seeing, y'all, and mark my words, it is July 1st. It is 2:07. Write it down. Put it in your phone notes. Wherever it may be, Casey just is telling you right now. This is the beginning of a whole new landscape in college athletics. We're going to see a couple of power super conferences be formed, and then everything else around it is going to go away. By the time this is over, there will be no more Pac-12. By the time this is over, there will be no more Big 12. 
Sorry, y'all had an opportunity to evolve with the times. Y'all didn't do it. The Big 12 lost Oklahoma and Texas. Other conferences are going to poach some of those other teams. They're going to be done for. Sorry, Pac-12. You had an opportunity to evolve. You didn't do it. The other conferences, they're going to be coming for Oregon. They're going to be coming for Cal Berkeley. They're going to be coming for Washington and Washington State, everything of the sort. You guys are not going to have a chance to stay afloat. And what we're going to see is we're going to see almost like an NFL-type league form where we're going to have conferences with 20, 25, 30 teams in it, and they're going to rotate and they're going to play their own season around the league that they make. That's what's going to happen, and the NIL money is going to be flowing, and it's going to be almost like professional athletics in the college spectrum. People have been predicting this for a long time. We're starting to see those moves get made. Where does the ACC fall in this? The ACC has some prized real estate. The ACC has Clemson. The ACC has Florida State and Miami and a lot of programs that a lot of these schools or conferences would want a part of. Where do they fall in this? They may be, some of those schools may be the next dominoes to drop. Where does Notre Dame factor into this? Remember, Notre Dame doesn't have a conference. Well, they better get one soon because if the super conference is formed, they're going to be left out in the cold. They better figure out what allegiance they have or what side they're going to fall on. They're going to be a big domino to fall. Telling you, this is some exciting times and a whole lot of things are changing in the college football and not just football. I'm saying football because that's what we think of first as fans. But just think about the SEC for a second, okay? Outside of football. Okay. You added Texas and Oklahoma. Both teams made the College World Series in baseball. So obviously your baseball conference just got a whole lot better. Oklahoma made it to the damn championship series. Let's talk about softball. You know who played in the championship in college softball? Oh yeah, it was Oklahoma versus Texas in the championship series. So you're adding the champion, you're adding the runner-up. You're adding the two best teams in the country to your conference, which was already excellent. And then of course there's the football ramifications of Oklahoma's traditional power Texas has Arch Manning, and they're signing everybody under the sun, so they're on the way up. And then basketball, the schools aren't bad either. Oklahoma and Texas both have winning traditions, and you know it's going to be a fun landscape to see shake out. It's new times, which a lot of fans are nervous, right? A lot of fans don't like change. You know, you hear people talk about NIL and all these different things. It's it's not all that popular because, by and large, I think people don't like change, but it's coming. It's coming, and we're going to have to adapt and evolve with it. Now, with that all being said, let's bring it closer to home. As we got about two or three minutes left in this segment, then we've got to get the big fave. Um, LSU coach Brian Kelly has got a huge weekend coming up. LSU has a huge recruiting weekend coming up. There are tons and tons of prospects who are going to be on campus this weekend. And according to accounts and rooting experts, Rooting experts, listen to me. Recruiting experts, easier for me to say. Recruiting experts are saying the Tigers are going to be pushing a lot of those kids to make commitments. I think over the weekend, you should expect to see the Tigers generate some commitments and start to beef up and shape up what their next recruiting class is going to look like. (laughs) But they've been off to a little bit of a slow start, right? They've got six commitments right now. They're in the 40s in the country nationally. I've been telling people on play by play. I know you guys are, you know, a sports hangover audience, but on my show Monday through Friday, I've been telling people, Hey, relax. Don't pay much attention to that ranking right now. Let's see where it's going to go at the end of the summer. And I think this weekend is going to go a long way 
and LSU starting to add to that, starting to score some points with some of the commitments or, or some of the recruits that they were looking at. And I think that this is going to be a big weekend for Brian Kelly to start to generate some momentum, generate some steam, and and ultimately take some of that momentum and some of that steam into the off season or into the regular season rather, whenever the Tigers are going to take the field and try to regain their place as some of the powers in the SEC. It's the Sports Hangover. Casey Jisclair here hanging out in place of Gus Cattengill. We're going to get Marlon Favorite in the next segment of the show, Big Fave. And I, today's like a reunion show for me, right? Like I hosted radio with Richard Fisher, who was on earlier in the show. I hosted radio with Marlon Favorite, who's going to be on in the next segment of the show. Marlon and I did a high school show over for uh, with Dallas Al a couple years ago. We'll have Big Fave on to talk about some things he's seeing in the world of professional football, college football. We might even dive into the high school ranks. Then at the bottom of the show, I'll tell you my thoughts on the New Orleans Saints, and then we'll have some fun talking about the 4th of July and everything of the sort. It's the Sports Hangover here on ESPN 100.3. We've got my old buddy, Marlon Favorite, Super Bowl champion, LSU great defensive lineman. On in the next segment, we'll be talking some ball on ESPN 100.3. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. You have a pest control problem? Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. 
They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to The Sports Hangover. It's Casey Gistler filling in for the GCAT who's out enjoying a little fun in the sun for this 4th of July. I don't know how much sun he's going to find unless he gets far away from Louisiana today. But we go to the phone lines now. We've got... Former NFL player, LSU great, Super Bowl champion, Marlon Favorite, one of my good pals. Marlon, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hello, somebody, man. All is well, Casey. I'm, I'm fucked up. The album was, was scheduled to come out today. I think what I distributed it might be a few days or later today, but I'm excited about the ball of, uh, the ball of broadcaster. My first full length album. Uh, lots, lots, lots of good, good, good bangers on it. So that's why I'm at with it right now, brother. And uh, hello, somebody. Tell me about that. We'll, we'll talk our share of football throughout the segment. But what goes into that, dude? Is I'm always fascinated. Look, I love any form of art. I love music, and you know, and I always like to know about the process. So what goes into that? How do you, you know, you write a song, and then whenever you write a song, how do you find the right beat? Like I'm sure there's a lot that goes into this that the average person doesn't understand. Yeah, it's a lot that goes into recording music. So to classify me, I'm more of an MC, uh, which that can fall into recording artists. Uh, I perform, I write music. Um, I have I have executive production under my belt. I don't necessarily do the beats uh, on on this particular project. Uh, we have a few producers local um, and and, um, and out of town. Locally, we have Deli Boy on the track. Uh, Rondell Doom, and we also have. Uh, future, future on the track as well. Tom John. And then we also have Beats by Nell. He has a couple of joints on there. We have Dilly Got It Bumping. Oh, y'all gonna love his song too. So I love the production on the album. So that's the process really of it, it. Sometimes you get the beat. Sometimes you get the concept. So for like songs like Hello Somebody, Gorilla I had concepts and, and Dilly ended up putting beats to him. Uh, but, you know, the process changes. You know, it just depends on the song. And, you know, f- for me, it's just it has to be the right timing and, 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 and in the right concept. And that's what I love about the ball of broadcasting. It's us. It's, it's what we do in broadcasting, and it's a part of my life as a baller, too. So I think the listeners are going to love it. So I always love to try to figure out what makes people tick and, and you know, what motivates people. So I'm going to ask you, what's more fulfilling whenever you're – in the studio and you got it figured out and you're like, man, we got it. Or, you know, whenever you're breaking through the line of scrimmage and just taking the head off of a quarterback, which one's more fulfilling? Ooh, that's a good question, Casey. I love that question. It's 50-50, man. The adrenaline that goes into my body when I hit the stage, I feel the same type of feeling when I hit the field and make a big play. Like, just thinking back to some of the LSU days, I can remember – uh, making a big play against Ole Miss in the student sections right there. You hit the guy, ah, the crowd go crazy. I did a show the other night with Lil Reezy, man. They had a solid couple hundred people at Club Instable. And when I hit the stage and I felt the crowd, it's that same energy. Kind of the same breath, too, man. I was all out of breath. I felt like I played about 45 staff holes for the same. Hello, somebody. <laughs> for real. Beautiful, man. Look, I was just talking in the last segment of the show about how this is such a big recruiting weekend for LSU. They've got dozens and dozens of kids who would be out on the campus and you'll be visiting and everything of the sort. So, uh, you know, first I'll ask you, what are your impressions of Brian Kelly and what are some things that you're, you know, 
hearing or seeing from, you know, that regime. And then the next question is, look, you were once that big prize guy. So on these recruiting weekends, what are some things that the kids are being shown? What are some of the things that the kids are experiencing whenever they're making these trips? Well, that's the school's opportunity to basically shoot their shot. So, I mean, they're pulling out all the big cannons. LSU has a, a, a smack brand new facility. Um, I was out there a few weeks ago. They had some kids in from out of town just checking out the facility. It's breathtaking, right? So, for your average kid coming in out of high school to, to walk in a big-time place like LSU, it, it's, just, it's just a big eye-opener. Uh, so, they do that. And what LSU does more than a well, just about all the Power 5 schools, they love to show you the wall and you get to see, like, all the players who play in the NFL and the big pitches. This could be you next. So, you know, you use that in recruitment. Meeting the coaches, uh, you know, putting them with the players to kind of talk to some of the guys around your age to get a feel for how it is at the particular school. So that's pretty much in a nutshell for recruiting. You just basically want to, uh, sell the school to the parents or, or the student-athletes. And then, you know, kind of to the first part of that, Brian Kelly's coming in and a lot of folks seem to be really impressed. You know, they're saying that things are different, but not necessarily different in a bad way. You know, he's just kind of shifting some things around and shifting almost, uh, one of the, the the phrases that I've heard explains, almost bringing like an NFL culture to a college program where things are kind of more hardline. What have you experienced in your time there? You know, what has Coach Kelly brought to the table in Baton Rouge? To be honest with you, Casey, I hadn't had a chance to meet Coach Kelly yet. I was out there a few weeks ago. I talked with uh, Coach Frank Wilson for a while. We just kind of caught up on old times and just wanted to talk to him about how he felt being back at LSU. But I look forward to meeting Coach Kelly. Uh, I've been getting nothing but good reports about him. Um, you already see a shift in the culture. I want to say this was uh, two weeks ago. I was out at uh, Edgar at West St. John, and um, my cousin Jared Favorite out there, he coaches the defense, and he had Savion Jones as one of our guest coaches. And what I remember um, talking to Savion a few weeks ago, he says the difference between this staff and last year's staff is they run every day. They get conditioning every day. It's not as hard as it was with Coach Moffitt, but they, they get it in. The coaches are attention to detail. Um, he loves the fact that he's going to be in a traditional 4-3 defense. So um, I, I love the moves that's happening so far, like the hires. Um, I like the spring. I saw the report from the spring and, and, and saw, you know, obviously, uh, you know, watching highlights from the, from, from the scrimmage. LSU is on point this year. I think we're going to be one of the better teams in the SEC. And, and again, just, just so much good, uh, good reports I get about Coach Kelly. Are you concerned recruiting-wise? And what I mean by that is, okay, Arch Manning makes the decision he's going to Texas. You got Eli Holstein's making the decision going to Alabama. Another top prospect in the state is, you know, safety prospect from New Iberia making the decision to go to Texas. That's three of your top five players in Louisiana in the next class who are not coming to Baton Rouge. Now, two of them, I'll I'll say this, two of them, Holstein and and Manning, are guys that aren't necessarily at a huge position of need because you got a deep quarterback room. But that still stings, man. Does that concern you a little bit, seeing those kids get out of the state a little bit? It's a little concerning, right? And it's natural for what's happening right now. Coach Ed Ogeron isn't there. I know a lot of the recruits that were coming to LSU, you know, they they were being recruited by Coach Ed Ogeron. So that's a golden opportunity for, you know, one of the other coaches, whether it's Jimbo Fish or Nick Saban, to to come in and, and interfere with that process. 
Now, with that being said, you got old West Bank over there. Watch out there now. Big dog. Big as a gorilla. West Bank. We grew up by that villa. Frank Wilson. You know, he, he he's over there. And what he knows is the area. He knows the kids. And, you know, he's Louisiana through and through. So, you know, back to the coaching hire, Casey, I thought having Frank Wilson on board was, was smart for LSU, giving us that ability, you know, to recruit well in the state and, and maybe flip some of these recruits that may be going to an Alabama or an Ole Miss. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints for a second, brother, because I think that they're a team that has, you know, tremendous amounts of talent. Obviously, they've got a great roster, and then, you know, if they could figure it out offensively, maybe they could have something special. They were last in the NFL in passing offense this past season. Now you go into the draft and you get your receiver. You get Michael Thomas back. Hopefully, you'll keep Jameis Winston upright. New Orleans is an interesting situation for me, Fave, because I could see it being a struggle with a new coach or whatever, but I could also see where, hey, guys, stay healthy, and they're just really damn good throughout the course of the year. How are you looking at New Orleans as you enter the new year? I think the Saints are in a good position, uh, to your point. I know pro football focus has them as one of the back-tier uh, defenses, but I think defensively, if you look at the amount of leadership-type players on that defense, Tyron Matthews, you have Demario Davis. You have you have Cam Jordan. You know you you look at all of these guys combined um, from a leadership standpoint with the with the new talent that they have in. I, I think the Saints are. I don't think that they're a favorite for the for the NFC South. You know, just because of, of the change that we're going through right now with, with Coach Dennis being there. But I think once we get into about uh, Game Five, they'll see a more developed team. They'll see a team that. Um, and what I mean by develop, you know, they've already developed the chemistry that they need to win, yeah. right? You know, just, just paying attention to them during OTAs. They're having fun. They're running around in the ball. You have Jarvis, Patton, um, uh, Patton, Patton Jarvis, Landry on, on, on the back, uh, boy. It's just that that's a recipe for winning. Um, so I think the Saints are going to be in a good position. Uh, I would give them a, a playoff contender uh, if I was just a, off the top of my head. They'll, they'll at least well, put, compete for the playoffs. Good stuff, brother. Now, look, let, let's talk about this before we let you go. Um, I talk a ton of high school in my show, Play by Play, which you can hear Monday through Friday over on 102.7 and 1600 AM. I know your heart is out there as well, and you follow that stuff closely. In the New Orleans area, who are going to be some of the big dogs? Look, man, I haven't covered a whole lot of New Orleans area stuff I could certainly guess and say oh and the car is going to be good duh they're always going to be good you know but who are some of the big dogs in the New Orleans area and some teams that you think should be looking out for whenever the the fall sports roll around well when the fall sports roll around of course and the car uh, they have they have a squad over there my little cousin Bryson Osborne and their track team just won the four by four four by one excuse me so I'll look at car my man's back, Hank Tierney. He's back over there at Archbishop Shaw. Look for Shaw to win some games this year. Hank has a lot of rebuilding to do, but they're, they're a team to watch on the West Bank. Um, uh, Dillisell looks good. Uh, their starting quarterback, Mark Dix, has gotten better. I think he's uh, put himself in a position to, to, to really be one of the better quarterbacks in that district. Uh, so that's a team to look at. West Jefferson stack. I mean, it's going to be some good football this year. Big fave, before I let you go, how how many games is LSU going to win, bro? I'm going to put you on this spot. I know the schedule in the first month or so is pretty favorable. They're going to be favored for the first five or six games. 
What should we expect from the Tigers, bro? I would I would say LSU wins ten games. LSU has a ten game winning season. I love to hear it. Now I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. We we're not worried about the Saints right now. How many games are our Cowboys going to win this fall, brother? I thank you, baby. Oh, the Cowboys, man, they might go undefeated. <laughs> the boys, they're just that team, man. You know. <laughs> oh Lord, Marlin, oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, we're not going undefeated, brother. But nice we're definitely try. not going undefeated. I just want to piss off Alex. <laughs> Sounds beautiful, brother. Hey, thank you so much for the time. Have a great weekend and a wonderful Fourth of July, brother. You do the same, y'all. A baller broadcast on the way. Y'all check out Hello Somebody video or wherever they're streaming. Hello. Yes, sir. That is Marlon Favorite doing a wonderful job. As always, my man said my Cowboys are going to go undefeated. <laughs> they they might not survive the first game they're opening up with Tampa Bay, but we love the enthusiasm and we love the optimism from Big Fave, as always. In the next segment of the show, it's the Sports Hangover. We're going to talk about the NFL team closer to home, which is the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to tell you some position groups that I like. And we're going to also kind of look around the rest of the NFL. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN 100.3. We'll be right back after this. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John, they're back, man. The flies that just won't let you have peace in your kitchen. Oh, you must be talking about the little bitty ones. Yes, indeed. Yeah, those are likely fruit flies or drain mm. flies. Fruit flies normally get brought in from produce at yeah. grocery stores. You remember we did this a couple of years ago, and so many people were talking about, man, when y'all were talking about that, we've been having that problem, and you solved it. Yeah, exactly, because it's the solution is not where you think. Mm. It's in the drain. We have a product. You just treat the drains for five nights straight before you go to bed so there's no water in there. The little enzymes go in there, and they eat up all the egg and the larva and all the debris that's in the drain. And then guess what? No more drain flies. So where can I get this in the New Orleans area? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. And on the West Bank, we're at 2500 Lapalco, just past the Harvey Bridge. Because at Pest Stop, we can help you with that. Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to promote water safety and drowning prevention. This year's activities for the rodeo on Friday, we have DJ Frozen. We also have a cornhole tournament, followed by Sharks in December. Saturday, we have Bingo and Mimosas, DJ Frozen again. Rough and Ready, we have our awards, a live auction. And closing it out, we have Junior Lacrosse from 8 to 11. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. As a recipient of a prize from Coastal Broadcasting of La Rose Incorporated, also known as KLRZ 100.3 FM ESPN New Orleans, you are responsible for applicable taxes and our licensing fees. We're not responsible if a prize is damaged or breaks, an event is canceled or business closes. When mailing prizes, our station is not responsible for prizes that are damaged or lost. One winner per household for 30 days. Winner must have a picture ID and must pick up the prize within 30 days. You can pick up most prizes at our studio office, 11603 Highway 308, La Rose. Thank you for listening. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. No Gus today, but we are working some innings out of the bullpen. It's Casey Gisler here on The Sports Hangover. 
I want to thank look what we did today for those of you just tuning in. I host the show every Monday through Friday on our sister station, 102.7 FM and 1600 AM KLEB called Play by Play. We just kind of ran the two shows into one. I hosted my show from 1130 to 1, and then we just kind of spilled it over here into the sports hangover. So I want to thank all of the call-in guests that we've had here throughout the course of the show, which would be South LaFouche baseball coach Chandler Guitros, uh, Brody Williams with South LaFouche High School Basketball, Kyle Lasang with E.D. White, then also Leo Haggerty, Richard Fisher, and Marlon Favorite. We've had a great time chatting with all of those folks. If you want to chat with us in the last 30 minutes of the show, give us a shout, 7981003. We'll talk some New Orleans Saints and maybe some NFL as a whole in this segment of the show. The bottom of the show, we'll get back to some NBA, and then we'll talk about some hot dog eating competition stuff uh, as we have a little fun here on this 4th of July. Um, the Saints are an interesting case, right? And I'm sure you guys have heard Gus talk about this throughout the course of the off season. Uh, and I'll kind of give my take and my thoughts on it as well. It was a New Orleans team that was just okay last year, right? They weren't exceptional. They weren't awful. They were just okay. They were just average. They were a run of the mill NFC middle of the pack team. They finished nine and eight. They could have very easily gotten into the playoffs, but the ball didn't bounce their way in weeks in week 18 and a couple of things didn't go their way. And they ended up missing out. Um, now going into the new season, there's a lot of unknown, but I think there's also a lot of continuity and stability, right? Because you have a new head coach, but it's a guy that you're familiar with because he's been in the organization for a long time in Dennis Allen. You've got a roster that top to bottom, look, let's, let's just put a pin on the quarterback position for a second and let's leave the quarterback position out of this. And let's just talk about the whole rest of the roster as a whole. Running back, got Alvin Kamara, though he's going to have to miss some time because of a suspension. Kamara, Ingram, and Tony Jones, that's a great trio at running back. Receiver, Michael Thomas will be back. You, you, know, you, you used your first-round draft pick, got a great receiver out of Ohio State. Jarvis Landry's in. You've pretty much shored that up. Offensive line, you lose Ormstead, that's going to be a little bit of a concern. The left side of the offensive line with Hurst and Pete, that's a little bit of a concern. The right side of the line, I think, is more stable in Ruiz and Ramchek. Defensively, you're you're looking good. Like, you're looking real good. Up front, Cam Jordan, Anyamata, Shai Tuttle, Davenport, Peyton Turner, whatever you get out of him, he's going to be returning from an injury-filled season. Up front, you're stout. Linebacker-wise, you're stout. You know, DeMario Davis heading up the linebacker core. In the secondary, you got guys like Lattimore, Gardner Johnson. You brought in Marcus May. You bring in the Honey Badger. New Orleans is going to be very good defensively. And I think dollar for dollar, player for player, New Orleans has one of the better rosters in the entire NFL if you take away the quarterback position. Now let's talk about the quarterback position in Jameis Winston. If Jameis Winston has a solid regular season, the Saints could be a playoff team, if not a high-level playoff team, and a team that could potentially contend. Winston played seven games last year, and though the stats were pretty, it wasn't always pretty on the field, right? In seven games, he had... 1,170 yards, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, but let's be honest. And, and look, New Orleans had a good record in those games, right? They were five and two. I'm not going to deny that. But in some of those games, Winston wasn't 
setting the world on fire, right? In the game against Green Bay, though, it was a blowout. He had just 148 passing yards. The next week against Carolina, 111 passing yards, though there were, again, valid excuses there. Half of the coaching staff missed the game because of a COVID outbreak. The week after that against New England, eh, he wasn't tremendous there either. 13 of 21 passing, 128 yards. The week after that, you lose at home to the Giants, which was the most inexplicable loss of the season. So Winston had his high moments. He had his low moments. By and large, he was just kind of managing the game, relying on his defense, which is okay. But that's not going to be good enough to win at the highest level. They're going to need him to take a step forward. He's got the talent and the ability to do that and make that leap forward. But he's going to have to eliminate some of the gunslinging Winston that we saw in Tampa. Because this is the dude in 2019, like let's not forget, this is the dude in 2019 that threw for 5,000 yards. Like the big arm and the gunslinger mentality and let's go push the ball down the field, that's there. But you know what else is there? A little bit of recklessness, right? Winston threw 30 interceptions in that 2019 season. In 2016, he threw 18 interceptions. The completion percentage has never been altogether great. Last year, is 59%. You would love to see that closer to 65-70%. So the efficiency's got to get better. Which Winston are we going to see? Are we going to see the game manager? Eh. Are we going to see the gunslinger? Eh. Are we going to see a guy that can eliminate some of those turnovers? If the Saints get the gunslinging Winston that also protects the ball like he did last year, there's no reason why New Orleans can't be one of the better teams in the entire NFL. Now, looking around the rest of the division, it's kind of interesting, right? Because I truly believe New Orleans is in a good spot division-wise because, like, where's Atlanta going this year? They don't even have Matt Ryan anymore. Like, they're kind of rebuilding. They're heading into the season with Marcus Mariota as their starter. Good luck with that. So the Falcons are firmly in rebuilding mode. Carolina's in kind of the same situation. They still have Sam Darnold, which tells me they're committed to not being worth a damn because Sam Darnold isn't worth a damn. So they're in a situation where Carolina's still kind of rebuilding and figuring out what they're going to be. So it might, even before the season starts, be a two-team race already between New Orleans and Tampa Bay. And that's going to be a fun race to watch, especially when you consider what we talked about with Leo Haggerty at the top of the of the sports hangover portion of this show, which is that while Tampa Bay has a roster that looks beautiful on paper, and you got Brady, and you got Fournette, and you got Evans, and Gage, and Cameron Braid, and all these great weapons that they have, Scotty Miller, and then up front Ryan Jensen, and Shaq Mason, and Tristan Wirfs, and then that's not even with touching the defense where you got Vita Vey and Akeem Hicks and Devin White, Levante David. All those things are great, but Tampa Bay has a schedule that is absolutely brutal. They open up the season at Dallas, at New Orleans. Dallas is going to be really good, y'all. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Cowboys fan. I am one, but Dallas is going to be really good. It's going to be another year under McCarthy. They've shored up their offense, and look, Dallas started the season last year great. They're usually an early season team, and then they just kind of fizzle out late. Cowboys are going to be good. That's going to be a tough game for Tampa in week one. Week two, they're in the Dome. That has been Tampa Bay kryptonite. Tampa's coming to the Dome in week two. That has been the place that the Bucks have not been able to have any success at all, is facing that Saints defense. So then let's say, okay, let's say they start 0-2. Let's say they lose both of those road games by chance. 
You're 0-2 going home and facing Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And then after that, you're facing Kansas City. Okay, then I'll give you week five. They're taking on the Falcons. That'll be one they're favored. But then it's right back on the grind. You're facing the Steelers on the road. That'll never be easy. I get the Steelers are in more of a rebuilding phase than normal. That'll never be easy. Then you're at a divisional opponent, Carolina. Then you're right back at it, facing Baltimore and the Rams. And it's going to be a brutal ride for Tampa Bay this coming season. And if New Orleans could get a nice enough lead on them early, the reason why I'm bringing up the Tampa schedule is that first four games, Dallas, New Orleans, Green Bay, Kansas City, what does New Orleans have opposite that? Well, they've got Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota, a much easier ride. So if New Orleans could build themselves a nice early season lead, they could start putting pressure on Tampa, start putting pressure on Brady and that Bucks roster and letting them know, hey, we're here to stay. We're here to stay. There are a lot of folks out in Florida who think that the NFC South is going to be all Tampa Bay and that the other teams in the division are all going to struggle. If New Orleans could build that early season lead up, they could let them know right away, hey, this is not going to be the case. Now, looking around the rest of the NFL, this is going to be such a fun and intriguing season because we've got the Rams who are the defending Super Bowl champions, right? I could make the argument that I thought that the best team in the NFL last year was the Buffalo Bills, and they just kind of played a bad last minute or so against Kansas City ended up getting knocked out of the playoffs. Guess who's playing one another in that Thursday night NFL special this coming season? That would be Buffalo and Los Angeles. So right out of the gate, we're getting a big premier matchup, and I'm very interested to see how Josh Allen is going to come out of what happened to them last year where he had a devastating, heartbreaking end to his season in a game that he played lights out amazing. Last year in the playoffs, Josh Allen, I'll do the loose math for you. He was, let's see, he was 48 of 62 passing for 637 yards nine touchdowns, and zero interceptions in two games. That's not even counting what he was doing running the ball, where he had 66 yards against New England and 68 yards against Kansas City. So Allen's coming off of a postseason where he kind of catapulted himself maybe into being the dude in the NFL. He had uh, 600-plus yards in two games, nine touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Was playing at an all-world elite level. Had it yanked away from him unceremoniously against Kansas City. How does he bounce back? The Bills are such an intriguing team to me this coming season because I could see them having a little bit of a hangover, maybe taking a step back, still being a little devastated. I could also see them rising forward and saying, you know what, this is our year and just beating the hell out of everybody in the AFC. The Bengals are also an intriguing team because they got hot at the right time and they almost won the whole thing getting hot at the right time. But I think everybody sort of agrees that Cincinnati wasn't the best team, maybe per se, talent-wise, weren't maybe the best roster talent-wise in the AFC. They just started to play their ball when it mattered the most. How does Burrow make another leap forward with another year of experience? And then, of course, they've got another year of chase and all those great players. They've shored up the offensive line a little bit with Lyle Collins. I know this about Cincinnati. If they let Joe Burrow get sacked as much this coming year as he got sacked this past year, where he got sacked 51 times, 
they're not going back to the Super Bowl, y'all. And in the playoffs where he got sacked in four games, in four postseason games, Joe Burrow got sacked 19 times in four games. If that happens again, you could kiss your AFC championship goodbye. You could kiss your going to the Super Bowl again goodbye because they've got to figure out a way to keep him upright because what they did last year, letting him take that much punishment, is unsustainable. A quarterback that takes that much of a beating will eventually break down. He didn't break down last year, but if it happens again, it's not likely that he'll be able to stay upright. So this will be such a fun season to track because there's so many storylines and so many things that we could pay attention to. So many receivers have moved all over the league and like it's going to be such an entertaining year. And we've said all of this without even mentioning the name Cleveland Browns, without even mentioning the name Deshaun Watson and all of the soap opera that that is going to be. How long is he going to be suspended? How many games is he going to be out? And all that good stuff. It's the Sports Hangover here on ESPN 100.3. When we get back, we'll kind of put a bow on everything that we have talked about dive a little bit more into the NBA, and then also we'll talk about the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition to wrap up the show here on ESPN 100.3. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury, or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Some stones. Believe me, he is no worse. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to the Sports Hangover here on ESPN 100.3. Casey Justler here putting a bow on our show today. Hope that everybody is enjoying themselves. Hope that, well, first and foremost, before we get into this, please, I implore you, please be safe this 4th of July weekend. Don't do anything foolish. If you're messing with fireworks, use them responsibly. If you're going party and everything like that and you have a little bit too much, call an Uber, get a DD, do whatever you got to do. Let's not make this a tragic holiday weekend. Let's please be responsible and take advantage of the wonderful liberties that we're celebrating, which is our independence as a nation. 
Let's talk some NBA. We have spent a lot of time talking NBA in this show. We have spent a whole lot of time. And the reason being is that we have seen a whole lot of things happen. And um, breaking news as I open up ESPN, uh, the Utah Jazz, Richard was talking about this. What would the trade value be of Rudy Gobert? We just found out. Rudy Gobert has just been traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and multiple first-round picks. That's that's interesting because, you know, you're saying, why is that interesting, Casey? Well, don't the Timberwolves have a center? Carl Anthony Towns is with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now they're pairing with Rudy Gobert. That's an interesting move made there by the Utah Jazz who get Beasley, Beverly, Kessler, Vanderbilt, and multiple first-round picks in the deal. I don't know that I understand that one. Um, but NBA wise, you know, the, uh, oh man, I'm still trying to absorb what we just saw there. The drama continues to spin. We did see that, uh, Kevon Looney signed a three year deal today with the Golden State Warriors. There was great concern from the Golden State folks that he would no longer be a part of their plans as he reached free agency, but he is going to re up with Golden State on a three year, $25.5 million deal. So the Warriors bring Looney back in town, uh, to keep him on board. Um, I got to tell you, man, we, we had earlier on the show a lot of fans who were expressing their concern with New Orleans maybe flirting or having flirtations with Kevin Durant. And I don't know if that's even a realistic possibility. And Richard was telling us about this earlier in the show, and he's 100% right. For that to be something that happens, Kevin Durant would first have to say, yeah, I'll go play there. And we don't know that that's even in play. Um, But if it were, and it's a big if, and it's an if that we're going to carry into the weekend, and there's going to be just kind of a hypothetical from there. If it were, I would be willing to move pieces out of this roster to get there because a lot of the fans that have come on, they said, oh, man, well, you know, we're headed in the right direction. You know, we got things trending. And I agree with all that, by the way. But the reality of it is this. You were 36 and 46 last year. You were a play-in team who faced the Suns and were only competitive in that series because of an injury to Devin Booker. Let's be honest and let's be realistic about that. That series would have been over before six games if not for the Booker injury. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being in that position because the truth of the matter is you were also without Zion Williamson. But I guess my concern is... Okay, let's bring it back. Let's bring McCollum, Ingram, Jones, Williamson, and Valanciunas back. Let's insert Williamson into the lineup. Let's say he plays 60 games. How good are they actually going to be? Are they going to be a 50-win team? I don't know. Does Zion really add 14 wins to your schedule or to your to your season? I don't know. So then are you going to be a 45-win team, 46-win team? I think that's more reasonable. I think that's more likely. What if you take an Ingram out and you put in that Kevin Durant though. Then I think you're looking at that 50-55, maybe even 60 win type of team just because of the presence that he would bring. I understand that by making that move, you would be making it less likely that you would be successful 10 years from now. But I think that it is undisputable or indisputable that by bringing that guy into your locker room, assuming that he wants to be there, and that's a big assumption. So I hear the whole city of New Orleans screaming at me right now, assuming that he wants to be there, 
there's no question that he would make that basketball team better, and it would be certainly something that I think New Orleans would be worth rolling the dice and seeing how it shakes out. Now, we don't have another show until after the 4th of July, so we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the great sporting event happening over in New York City in the next couple of days, which will be on July the 4th, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition where Joey Chestnut will be trying to defend his 14 titles. Last year, Joey Chestnut ate 76 hot dogs in a 10-minute stretch or a 15-minute stretch or whatever it is. The great Joey Chestnut, one of the greatest athletes in the history of athletics, hitting eating 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes, has won 14 titles. I love watching the hot dog eating competition. Call me a glut. Call me gross. Call me whatever. It is so much fun to see. And I also want to give a shout out to Major League Eating, which is the organization that puts that on. Because look, we're in LaRose, or in our LaRose studios right now. They put on an event about three, four years, no, probably about six or seven years ago now in LaRose. They put on a show. There's music. There's dance. Like they put on a show. So those folks in New York City are going to be entertained. Joey Chestnut's going to do his thing. I don't know how many hot dogs he's going to end up eating, but to break his world record, he's got to eat 76. Buddy, uh, look, I'm looking at my producer, Buddy Miller. Buddy, I'm 35 years old. I don't know if I've eaten 76 hot dogs in my life, much less in 10 minutes. Look, I'm not a big, like, weenie guy. Like, I'm not a big hot dog guy to begin with. I don't know that I've ever eaten 76 hot dogs, much less to do it in 10 minutes. But that's what Joey Chestnut's going to try to be doing. And look, in the, in the women's competition, Michelle Lesko, a woman, ate 30 and a half hot dogs in 10 minutes. So, like, they're, they're throwing down. Um, I feel my diet being busted, even just talking about this. But anyway, we want to thank everybody for listening. It's been a wonderful show. Um, thanks for affording me the opportunity to fill in for Gus, who will be back on Wednesday. It is the Sports Hangover. Wishing you all a wonderful Independence Day weekend. Take advantage of the time, but also understand and appreciate you know, the great work that has been done by so many of our great ancestors and forefathers to allow us to have this independence, which we enjoy. Have a great weekend. Sports uh, Sports Corner, excuse me, will be coming tomorrow from 10 to noon on ESPN 100.3. It's Casey just going to wrap it up. The Sports Hangover on ESPN 100.3. Matt Moscona coming up next. Ah!